ladies and gentlemen, you are back with us for another episode of Libations for Everyone. I am one of the co-hosts, Ben Kwam, sitting probably 14 feet down from my, our other co-host, Charles Wad. We didn't measure, but... We didn't measure. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> if, I know, if I know one thing, it's the fact that these are 16-foot vaulted ceilings. This is our, our combined height <laughs> yeah. distance from one another. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but we are recording once again in this beautiful PNA hall. We've talked about it a bunch. Uh, I can't say enough nice things about this place. And again, if you're looking for something, whether it's uh, you know to celebrate something, to commemorate something, uh, obviously they're booking into 21 now and and down the road. So if you need a place to to gather that's got some amazing history in every single direction that you look, uh, hit up the PNA hall. It's in the heart of Northeast Minneapolis, one of my favorite neighborhoods in the Twin Cities. Period. Uh, and it just doesn't get much better than this. I love it here. It kind of feels like home. It's like it's, it's also the kind of place that our guests should feel right at home, and he's never been here. Yeah. <laughs> You've never been here? I've never been oh, here. Oh, this is crazy. <laughs> well, uh, before we get to our guest, uh, Charles, do you want to give everybody a rundown in case this might be the first time they're listening to our lovely little show? Yeah, let's do it. So what we do is drink a bunch of alcohol and bullshit. Look, Ma, we're winning. That's it. Oh, yeah. So we, we take a shot at the beginning. We present a topic of conversation. We take a shot every 10 minutes thereafter. Six total shots. Six total topics of conversation. And we like to say it's a conversation, not an interview. So it's a roundtable discussion. If you already listen to this show, you know that. Maybe you think we talk about ourselves a little bit too much. But <laughs> the idea is that it's like we're in a bar with our friends. Yeah. That's why we talk so much about ourselves. Uh, as opposed to, you know, most other programs you listen to that maybe have a format where there is a host or multiple hosts and a guest who's drinking. It's mostly the spotlights on the guest and it's an interrogation. You know, this isn't good cop, bad cop. This no. is drunk cop. <laughs> this is where all drunk cops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, with that, then, we should introduce the third voice to today's episode. Uh, we are fortunate and happy to be joined uh, by this fine gentleman right here. Brian, introduce yourself to everybody. Yeah, I'm Brian Hoffman. I'm one of the uh, co-founders, co-owners uh, of Fulton Brewing Company. Um, and just because everyone needs a good corporate uh, title, I am our VP of Business Development. Ooh, that looks sexy on a card, I it, bet. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> still don't know exactly what it means, but, you know, it sounds very important. Figuring out. <laughs> fake it till you make it still? Come on, man. Too far along for that. <laughs> man, it's, uh, I, I'm, well, first we should talk about what we're drinking. Uh, you brought both a beer and a spirit for us. I did. So uh, let's go with the beer first. Sure. So I brought uh, Chill City Chugger. Um, which is uh, a new beer released this year. It is just a golden lager, um, oh, just a little yeah. over 4% ABV. Um, this is just the, the beer to drink when you just want to drink a beer. Don't think about it. Don't put it in a tulip. You know, Just crack a can and sip it or chug it if you want. Um, even on the back, we always have a little more information, alcohol, IBUs, that kind of stuff, and usually a description. And the description for this one is just... Beer, 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 <laughs> beer, beer. It is, man, and this is this. Uh, this makes me feel like I just finished mowing the lawn. <laughs> Absolutely, lawn more beer. Yep, yep. Man, that is good, and that is dangerous. I think in those two poles, I just drank half that can. <laughs> yeah, that is dangerous. Yep, that's easy to do. Uh, and then uh, our spirit of choice, we always leave it up to the guest, and if they don't want to pick anything, then we will. But you came armed with with something, so. 
I did. Uh, I brought uh, Jameson's uh, Caskmates IPA edition. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been an Irish whiskey bump with a beer guy at a bar. Um, and uh, about two years ago now, uh, we actually had Jameson reach out to us to ask us to be one of their drinking buddies. They work with, um, uh, I think it's a few dozen breweries across the country uh, to kind of work with them locally. Um, and, of course, we were... Uh, Overjoyed, yeah. fortunate to work with them. Uh, so this is their IPA edition. They they work with a brewery in Ireland. Uh, send them their barrels. They age an IPA in it. They get it back. They age whiskey in it and uh, ship it over to us. That's awesome. And it's very nice. It's actually there are some some like citrusy notes, uh, IPA reminiscence uh, in the in the Jameson itself. Um, I thought I was kind of just tasting them because I wanted them to be there. But then I, of <laughs> course you know I got to do a side by side, and I really I really think they're there. I, uh, I, I remember um, I was still working in bars when the Stout Caskmates edition came out, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking that that was just a clever marketing thing and then doing them side by side, and you absolutely can t- taste a difference. Yep. Um, I haven't had the IPA edition, so I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, I feel like there's no better time than right now for us all to, to rip a shot and, and get going. Charles, you feel good with that? Let's do it. Let's do it. Jameson's. Cheers, guys. Cheers, cheers. Oh hell yeah, that's delightful. Yeah, that's definitely there. Yep, that that citrus citrusosity citrus mm-hmm. citrus citrusosity. Am I making up a word no one will ever use? I, it comes with synergy. I mean, sometimes I make up words on here that I feel like someone would use someday, but citrusosity is going to be left on the cutting room floor. I fear. <laughs> Listen, if I can figure out, I'll probably pull it. I mean, I, I yeah, like it. Well, yeah, citrusosity. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just start going with it. The Jameson people are listening. And they're like, "Oh mm. fuck, we better call this guy if we're going to use that." Yep. <laughs> I think uh, if we put that on a T-shirt, we have to just put a trademark next to it, even if it's not trademarked. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> oh, all right, uh, Charles, you want to start her off? Yeah, let's hit it. So we're we're a little more informal today. I think we kind of cobbled this together. We were like, I think we were on different trajectories. I was thinking we did a year-end retrospective last week. Essentially, just kind of we tried to do a feel-good, vibey edition yeah. of the program where we looked back on 2020 and tried to reflect on some positives as opposed to the multitude of negatives that are just bared <laughs> before us on a day-to-day basis. So for today, I took the approach of wanting to do sort of a 2020 year in review. So kind of asking not more like a best of. So I'm, I'm going to ask three questions that are like, what were, what was your favorite such and such this year? And I think Quam's going to be walking on his, his own path and we're just going to go every other. So my Love first it. question, Mr. Hoffman is what was your favorite thing you ate this year? And I would like you to pose it in both home and away. You could choose either if you want, but if you have like, I know you've been cooking at home a lot. Yep. I've seen a lot of the stuff you've been cooking. So if you can select a thing that you guys prepared at home, you and your beautiful fiance, I'm sure there's a lot of, there's too many options. You're like, I could see the wheels turning right now. Yeah. And then if there's anything you had that was like takeout or something that you were like, wow, that was phenomenal. I, I feel like that really stuck out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, I might start with the home and mm-hmm. then uh, throw it back to you guys for a minute. Sure. So I can <laughs> sure, think sure, about sure. the away. About it, for sure. um, you know, the home is, is tough because we, yeah, we, uh, my fiance now is a, a absolutely wonderful cook uh, graduated culinary school and i am definitely she's a chef i am a cook yeah. <laughs> um for sure but um it is tough like she made um 
48 hour sous vide short ribs uh, a few Ooh. months back that were one of the best things I've, I've ate in my life, uh, not just all year. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, she makes the absolute best roast chicken. Really? Like ever. That's awesome. Like I've, I've never had a, a piece of chicken more that I like more than her roast chicken she makes at Is home. it like a simple roast chicken, like yep. French style? Yep. Just yep. Yep. French salt style. Pepper, pat, dry yep. salt pepper. Um, yeah, I mean, well, you know, she'll throw a little, you know, herbs in there, butter okay. for sure, you know, and just, just gets the skin super crispy, oh. you know, in a uh, pan in the oven. It's it's my favorite thing, and I, you know, so probably request it about once a month. <laughs> yeah, we roasted <laughs> a chicken it, just yeah. before I left the house, and yep. we just do the classic French, yep. pat it dry, rack yep. it up, 450, one hour if it's four to four and a half pounds. Yep. I'm surprised that people fuck up chickens because it's not that hard to do. Yeah. But getting it like nuts on is also not easy to do, like for it to be like perfect. Yeah, my uh, my wife Good started skill. doing um, same thing. Just add a little uh, some herbs and then a little bit of lemon. That's mm-hmm. that's her twist. But oh my god! And then the best part is then when you're done with the chicken, you have the carcass, and then I just make fresh stock with that. So then you're constantly refilling your freezer full of homemade stock. It's such a good combo. Absolutely. Oh, it's just a meal that keeps giving. Yep. I think, uh, I think my favorite bite of food out was um, I, I had a, a taco soul roll at Wendy's House of Soul for the first time. I'd never had the taco one before. And it was, uh, it was right after all everything had just gone fucking sideways after the murder of George Floyd. And uh, I was furloughed at the time, so I was just volunteering everything that I could. And it was kind of, once we had gotten through that first week, then it was everybody speaking up saying, hey, we need to support black-owned businesses. Let's see what we can do. And I just remember there was so much, like, in Wendy's, it, there was just, like, this vibe of togetherness. It was packed, and basically at that point, it was like a 45 minute wait for food. So I ordered left and then came back and I just sat in my car and it was like, everybody was making eye contact, but nobody was saying anything. And I just sat in my car and I ate it. And it was like, it tasted like everything that you want it to. It was just like a little bit of love and it's taco meat and crushed up Doritos and cheese inside an, an egg roll skin, you know what I mean? And then uh, they their Kool-Aid is like twice as potent and it's so fucking good. Uh, it's like it has the consistency of like a Drecker beer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just very, very viscous. But I, that was I, I still remember like even just saying it right now, I still remember just sitting in my car and thinking like this was the only bite of food that I needed. Mm-hmm. It was it was it tasted like exactly what I needed at that point. And I think that was my favorite out. I don't know about home yet. I got to think about that. What about you, Charles? Uh, I'll stick with home as well. I think that. I, I always love when my wife cooks for me, and she's a much better cook than she gives herself credit for. So I have to make sure to give her a lot of credit for her cooking. But usually, like special occasions when she makes a steak, she she kills it, man. She can make a steak as well as I can, which is really saying something because yeah. I never fuck up steaks. But she made New York's on my birthday, which was November twenty second, and then she did like simple like smashed red potatoes and some green beans. And it was just killer, you know, candles lit, decanted bottle of wine, perfectly cast iron seared steaks. Uh, and we also had the pleasure of having my brother-in-law and his fiance staying with us 
we all got tested and they stayed with us for a week. Um, so that was nice because I figured I wasn't going to have much of a birthday. So I think also the combination, because we always talk about this on this program, how experience is so important yeah, to absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. your enjoyment, particularly of like food and beverage. So, I mean, you could have a steak like that by yourself in your underwear watching alone, and it would not be nearly as satisfying as it is when, you know, you're around loved ones, it's your birthday, you're kind of like self-glorifying a little bit, and, uh, you know, all the conditions are, are just so. Yeah. And I think they're further amplified by the fact that we all have been so alone this year that having three other people in the vicinity of me enjoying a meal with me was like revelatory. Yeah. It was like next Absolutely. level, just having that experience. Absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah that actually reminds me that uh, I'd also throw into the ring for the at-home. Uh, a few years back, we got a Traeger, and I can't say enough good things about it. Same. Um, absolutely love it. Um, you know, a lot of the real traditional barbecue folks will be like, ah, oh, it's, no, I can't do that. It's too easy. And I'm like, well, that's exactly what I love about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and we, uh, we, uh, twice now this year, the second time even better, we prime rib on the smoker. Oh, uh, and this is what I thought you were going to say, actually, yeah. when, I, when I came up with this. <laughs> God, I got to um, do that. Uh, and so Caitlin uh, basically mixes a bunch of uh, salt, rosemary, thyme, makes a herb butter, rub the whole thing in butter, over, let it sit overnight in that, and then just throw it on uh, oh. in a tray with it with, on a grate. Uh, and it just, like, was the best piece of red meat I've ever had. Oh and because um, Caitlin's folks were in town, visiting from Virginia and we hadn't seen him since a year ago. So one, it was just great to see them and spend time with them. And then to eat that piece of meat with them was perfect. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the bite away, I mean, it's so hard. There's so much, right. But I think at two firsts for me this year, um, that just happened in the last probably two or three months. I had my first sandwich from dipped in debris. Oh which yeah. Yeah. I we talk about them a lot it, on this. Program. Can't believe it took that long. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> Yeah, just absolutely perfect. What um, sandwich was it? Um, man, I, I want to say it was the wreck, but I can't remember, to be perfectly honest. Sure. It might have been, so the, it might have been the debris? It might have been. Okay. I mean. Like was, a beef sandwich? Yeah. Yep. That, yeah, there so you go. Probably That's, the debris. Yep, yep yeah. probably the debris. Um, yeah. Uh and I, like I, that's the thing about it, though I can't even remember exactly what it was. I just remember we both ate our sandwiches in like seven seconds, and we're like, it. "Whoa!" Yeah. <laughs> like, "Oh my gosh, that was amazing!" Um, and then I, uh, I love Revival. You know, their chicken is amazing. Absolutely. Their sides are fantastic. Um, Thomas is a great guy, uh, and uh, I had my first Revival burger ever. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's always just had the chicken in the sides because it's so good and you know like sometimes the the barbecue if we go to st paul but yeah again you know, like you eat it and you're like oh yeah that is a spectacular burger <laughs> that i've never had anything from thomas that i didn't love yeah like ever and i don't know that there's many other people i could say that about where i have tried everything on their menu including the barbecue stuff we ate our way through most of the menu at corner table multiple times I've never been disappointed by a single dish. Like, it is stunning how good it is day in and day out. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I keep going back and forth on this, but I think my favorite, and maybe this is just because I'm not thinking about things from, from March or, or April, but I made a Vietnamese coffee custard thanks to Charles coming through with some green cardamom pods for me. And it was the best ice cream I've ever had. Like, I... It's. Exa I made it. I'm not saying 
it would win competitions. I'm saying that for the palette that I have for ice cream, I made the perfect ice cream for what I enjoy. It's very thick. It's very silky. It tasted exactly like drinking a Vietnamese coffee. And I, we, uh, Jenny and I made floats with uh, double vanilla darkness. Oh. And, oh, my God, that was it right there. That's yeah. delightful. All I can think of is the Homer goes to clown college. Yeah, Simpsons right. episode. That was why we didn't even talk about it because we already heard. That. But yeah, that's our that's our buzzer today. <laughs> it just makes me so happy. Sorry if you have any aversions to clowns. Yeah. Uh, I'll breeze through mine real quick. I don't like to not say local stuff just because of the times that we're in. So I'm going to split split the bill here. I'll say locally because I want to call something out locally. The pumpkin dulce de leche ice cream from uh, World, from uh, sorry Milk Jam. Yep. The neighboring sister business to uh, World Street Kitchen, that was pornographic. That was I called them out on social. I was like, this shouldn't be legal. This is not safe for work. You know, I forgot what I said. I blacked out. But <laughs> that shit was fucking ridiculous. So good. All their new seasonal ice creams. Like if you're in the Twin Cities, order that. If you're not, uh, call them over there and see if they'll ship some to you on dry ice yep. that, and tell them I sent you, and then they'll get mad at me. But they probably won't send it anyways, but they'll still get mad at me. But it's that good. It's worth asking for them to do that. But the the real, the real other answer that I would give, the non-local answer, so it's a cheat in two ways. It's not local, and it's also pre-COVID was the – I went on another trip after this one in March to Chicago with my brother. But in February, I took my wife to Vegas for Valentine's, and we went to some – real dope restaurants we went to major domo um david chang's restaurant his second his second vegas restaurant and it had only been open for like two weeks but i'd never had bing do you guys know what bing is it's like a savory pancake like a thick savory pancake it's like more toothsome and they do a variety of different versions of it with different toppings on it we got bing with like this king crab salad on it and it was just Amazing! It wasn't just that it was so good. It was that I had never had that before. And reading the description, I was like, that sounds amazing. I want to try it. I've never had that, so I want to see what it's like. We ate, we ate way too much that night. Way, way too much that night. We ended up like, we ate so many. We, had like, we also had this lobster pasta. Uh, we had the Bing. We had like three other apps. And then our entree, of course, was their table side sliced prime smoked prime rib it was just like way too much food way too much food but i remember that bing like we as we were eating we were like maybe we shouldn't eat the whole thing but we were like no fuck that give me another bite <laughs> you know it's one of those meals and we were dressed you know i'm wearing a suit marnie's wearing like a nice tight fitting dress but we were like i don't care dude. this is yeah. too good you know when you're like dressed up like that and you know you're having like a swanky sexy night and you're like i don't care we're gonna finish that plate <laughs> that's that's good food no, nothing in that entire description was shocking to me. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Yeah. I love, though, there's something about, it's sort of like when you decide that you're going to get drunk. Like, there's, when it's a conscious decision, like, I'm going to tie one on tonight, there's something freeing about that where you're like, I'm going to eat all of this and I don't give a fuck. I want, yeah. I want, I want to have like a circle around the outside of my lips, like clown lipstick, that's mm-hmm. just grease shining in the light. Like, I want all of that. Yeah, or a saucy beard. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be every meal, clearly. But when you decide that you're going to, I fucking love that. Jenny, it's even more fun, I think, when you're having a sexy night and you know you shouldn't eat that much. But you're like, you just look at each other and you're like, 
fuck it. Uh-huh. I don't care. Yep. Let's just gorge ourselves. That's almost that realization is almost more fun, both with the consumption of alcohol and the consumption of food. In some ways, that's the most satisfying part. It's not like the actual consumption. Absolutely, it's like looking at each other and being like, "Let's get fucked up. We're doing this." <laughs> totally. Like that was uh, Jenny and I have a tradition for anniversaries. We didn't do it this year because the vid, but um, we get a hotel room for a night. We buy a really nice bottle of champagne, and then we order Chinese delivery. Like, whatever the shittiest Chinese delivery is. And we order, I'm not kidding you, like $60 worth of food. And then it's just two naked people and open Chinese boxes with chopsticks in them all around the bed. Please tell me you buy good American Chinese food. I mean, it's, You don't buy shitty. You don't buy the shittiest Chinese I'm not going to say buy. good. I will say American Chinese food, <laughs> No, but I mean, definitely. like, because there's stuff that is so bad, it'll... If you didn't have a hangover, it will give you one. Well, like, we've lucked out because the last time that we did it specifically, uh, um, the Lotus was, like, four blocks away. And the Lotus is always incredible. Okay. So, like, that's really good. But we'll do it. We did do it in other cities. So, we'll, we'll just look up whatever the closest Chinese place is. And okay. So, the, so, it's a total crapshoot. Yep. But there was this place that used to deliver in Northeast that would put flyers in your door. In, like your handle or in the in wedge it into your door that didn't have a name. And I remember one day when I lived at my old spot on the river. Uh, this is a long. This is probably like ten years ago now. I had a lot to drink the night before and I didn't want to go pick anything up. I was just like, whatever. I'm gonna order food. And I saw that fucking flyer in my entryway, and I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's get some chicken mushroom. You know, just basically like yeah. Americanized mm-hmm. Chinese. It was fucking disgusting. It was so <laughs> bad. There was no seasoning, and it was glooped. Oh. So it was like it like had the consistency of like gack with yeah. no salt or MSG content whatsoever. It was just I was sticky. like, this is fucking oh, disgusting. Man. Why am I eating this still? No, I haven't. I haven't had that. We've we've lucked out. Like even the the place by our house. Like I, I don't like going into it because you can see how not clean it is. But I'll, I love getting delivery because it tastes good. Like, I don't know. I mean, we're, you know, beef with broccoli, some sort of Sichuan chicken thing with some random cashews in it. Lo mein noodles. Lo mein noodles. Got to do it. Yep. Egg rolls. She'll usually get the, the, the cream cheese wontons, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. The whiskey hath been refilled. Yeah, I was just pouring up round two. I love Americanized Chinese. Uh, Asia Chow Mein in Columbia Heights here in the Twin Cities um, is awesome. And a buddy I went to high school with, his family owns it. Uh, and it's all that stuff. You know, the chicken mushroom, broccoli, beef, uh, chow mein with celery in it. Like, all, all that stuff. Egg foo young. I don't like necessarily all those dishes, but that's like its own subset. Yep. And we've talked about this before. It's its own subset of cuisine. Absolutely. Like that's catering to yep. Americans. Chinese food that caters to Americans. And it can be fantastic. Yep. yep. But it can also be really bad. It's very seldom. It's very rarely as bad as it was when I got that no-name delivery Chinese. <laughs> I was like, what is this, dude? Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. When, the, when the fried rice shows up and it's just white rice with yep. mixed vegetables in it, yep. right. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's still cryofact. It was, like, dropped in a bath or something. Like, okay, where did this come from? This is gross. All right, shot number two. Right. Hey, let's go. Let's go. Cheers, cheers. Oh. All right, we all had different ideas for who... We all had ways of describing ourselves when we thought about who we were. 2020 has uh, definitely forced a lot of introspection. 
Would you say coming out of 2020 now that you are more of an extrovert or an introvert? And what did you learn about your need for people or lack thereof in this insane fucking year? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, I'm actually still self-reflecting on that one, to be perfectly honest. I I am too. Um, I mean, I am definitely... I have strong extroverted tendencies, whether or not I'm a full extrovert, extrovert, extroverted introvert. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but um, I definitely recharge my batteries by being surrounded by friendly faces and, you know, hugs and high fives. Um, Yeah, so kind of navigating through that this year has been definitely interesting, (laughs) to say the least. Um, uh, And I live with uh, an extroverted introvert. Sure. And so, you know, with, with working from home and not being in the office, you know, she also hasn't necessarily gotten her alone time to recharge. And so we both have been kind of battling. She isn't getting her alone time because I'm always there working from home, but I'm also not getting out of the house to see people and recharge my battery. And it's just, it's been... Isn't that an interesting thing to think about is that we actually don't, many of us don't have any alone time now. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's not actual true seclusion. You mm-hmm. don't have that, well, she's at work and I'm not kind of thing yeah. that we used to have. Absolutely. I mean, and we, we have, you know, a, a basement, a big basement in our house. And so even if, if I'm down the basement working and she's upstairs, like it's still not, yep. still not hitting the same thing. Right. Right. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been interesting, but you know, <laughs> the beginning of the pandemic in, in March and April, there was a lot of Zoom calls. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, you guys cold called us one yeah. day, and it was it made our day. We were just chilling on a Sunday at like 2 p.m., and I was like, oh, shit, Hoffman's FaceTiming me. <laughs> and I picked it up, and you guys were fucking hammered. Like, hey, I need people. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a good like month and a half of just lots of FaceTimes and Zoom calls. And I was like, all right, now I'm just getting drunk at home by myself. Which is totally fine. Drunk at home with others. (laughs) Drunk at home alone with others. (laughs) If that makes any fucking sense. I would watch that show. Right? (laughs) We're all all watching and living in that show. (laughs) That's what the screen's for. (laughs) What about you, Charles? So I'm what's called an ambivert, which I think a lot of people maybe misidentify themselves. Uh, An ambivert is someone who is both an introvert and an extrovert. I would say I'm, I'm extrovert leaning, but I also need to recharge both, both forces are, it's like a negative force and a, and a positive force that are different ions within the same, uh, battery cell. I need, I need interactivity and I need, uh, solitude. And this year obviously has been very trying in terms of, uh, I guess I hadn't come to terms with that, that idea yet that. I'm always around my wife and we have a puppy and my cat. It used to be that when I was a bachelor, I would have a lot of chill time with just the cat, like unwind, fling the phone in the corner, read a book, watch a movie, but cook, whatever, but just chilling with my cat, just me and the cat. Total fucking Zen time. Now, yeah, it's my, my wife and I are always around each other. So it's weird that I'm like stuck at, I guess what you would call like 20% of interactivity because I'm always with somebody, but I'm always with a one somebody mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, once upon a time, the thing that uh, satiated me the most was being around nobody or being around everybody. 
and like nothing in between. But I will also say that I thought this year was going to be very difficult for me. Granted, none of us knew it was going to last as long, but I, or early on, I didn't think this was going to go very well because I hate not doing anything. Never mind like being around other people. I hate not doing stuff outside of my my professional pursuits and, and running my business. I feel like if that's all I'm doing, then I'm just like the classic cartoon of the calendar pages flipping. That's how my life feels. I have to do something satisfying every day. And the easiest thing to do to make yourself feel as though you've done something uh, outside of your comfort zone or outside of just um, your, your day-to-day doldrums and, and your simple work tasks would be to socialize. You know, come to Grumpy's. Yeah, cool. The bar two blocks from my house. All right. Uh, I'll put my shoes on and see you in three and a half minutes. Yep. Mm-hmm. It used to be that that was always like the, the, the panacea. You could just like, sure, I'll just walk up to the bar and someone I know is there or someone has already texted me. So the lack of socialization early on, I was like, I think more I thought this is going to be a problem than what it ended up being. And I, I'm going to give myself a little credit for that, a little pat on the back. I, I've adapted a lot better than I thought I was going to. And my wife would probably agree with that because I've actually been like pretty, pretty calm. I, I, the stakes probably have a lot to do with it, yeah. knowing that I'm preserving actual <clears throat> living human life. You know, if you're listening to yeah. this and you're at like a huge party, you know, if you're at one of those huge listening parties for this program that I've heard so much about. <laughs> Fuck you guys. You're making people sick. Also, you should all individually give us a listen on Spotify. Come on, LFE. <laughs> Come on, LFE Nation. We need you to be more responsible. Yeah. Don't, don't all listen to the same stream. Well, do you guys, do you think, have, have you, because both of you own your businesses, has that factored into that at all? Like, have you felt added pressure because you also have to be the one to keep the company going? Or has that given you more purpose? Yes. <laughs> no. Very okay. seriously, both. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely there's a lot of stress. I mean, you know, we employ 50 people, give or take, and they are, each and every one of them, a wonderful human being that I love and care about. And, you know, not knowing with certainty that I can tell them, yeah, hey, we're going to be fine for sure with no effect to you through all of this. Um you know, that's definitely um, one of my favorite quotes from uh, my business partner, Ryan. He's like, well, it doesn't keep me up at night, but it wakes me up in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> that's, know, that's like, legit, man. I'm tired I like enough to fall asleep, but um, it'll get me up and going. Um, you know, I think like just to deal with that, that, that worry and stress, and then also um, not being on the production side of the business, um, we are you know following state guidelines, and everyone who works on the office side has been working from home since March. Um, and so I also don't just get to like have those one-off conversations when I'm walking through, through the brewery, you know? So I I go in now probably once every two to three weeks to help out on the canning line or something like that when we're shorthanded. And so that is awesome to see everybody, but you know, it's just not the same. Um, and so just not having that daily interaction along with that stress has been difficult to navigate through. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but we're here still. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, trying to find, we were, um, 
we had a whole company Zoom happy hour last night, and everybody kind of went around to talk about like what 2020 taught them, you know, kind of just throw some stuff out. And that was, that was it. I think that for me, it's just been gratitude of realizing that if my biggest complaint is that I can't see concerts and I'm not traveling as much as I used to, or like I miss giving hugs. If that's where my level of frustration is at, then I'm fucking pampered. You know, like I have a really easy life and I, I keep trying to like remind myself of that. Cause I mean, that first week, I probably got 50 texts from people like, are you going to be okay? Because I define myself so much by being around people all the time because I, I do love it. I 100% recharge my batteries being around other humans and talking and laughing and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But uh, it also really showed me how happy I am at home. You know, like I'm also lucky in the fact that I get to live with my best friend and we have a healthy cat and a healthy dog and a pretty cool life. So it's, it's been really nice settling into that. But what, um, what I realized, my wife and I actually had a really serious conversation on Monday uh, because I've, I've realized, and she pointed it out, that I've been a lot more short with things. Like my fuse just isn't as long. And what it is is it's normally I get all those frustrations out during the day when I cross paths with all of these fucking buyers that have become good friends of mine or former coworkers who now run their bars or other beer reps or brewery owners, we run into each other and we'll talk about that fucking driver that just left that beer room, a a trash bin, you know, like you get all that stuff out because we have those discussions and not having that. I just come home with all of that again. And then she has to, like she has to take my shit on on top of that and that was something that i am so glad she pointed it out to me because i hadn't really thought about that that that's also like very important if if i'm going to change basically if my trash isn't getting picked up <laughs> i can't just keep setting it out there and hoping that it's going to you know yeah so i had to work through that and i'm still thinking about it like okay, how do, I, how do I make my day better so I'm not just coming home with all the negativity from people not wanting to wear masks or people saying that this is all a hoax or normal beer shit yeah, <laughs> where right. your kegs are too expensive. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Go anywhere else in the country and beer is more expensive, you know? Like, those are the things that, like, I realized that I was internalizing and I was, like, taking pride in the fact that, like, I'm just fine. But the fact is, if you stuff enough shit inside of you, it'll start leaking out other places. Absolutely. And every single thing that she said was 100% valid. And the minute I thought about it, I was like, oh, fuck. Yep. That's just all those normal annoyances. We laugh away because we all have to deal with the same shit. And then by the time you get home, it's like, I had a pretty decent day. You know? <laughs> and that's what, I, that's what I need to be better at. So I'm still the extrovert. I'm just better at being introverted <laughs> or I'm getting better. Yeah. Maybe I, that's it. I, I feel that real hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Should we pour up another, yeah. do another round? Let's do it. And actually, why don't since I'm the one pouring, I'm going to ask my question. Then I'll pour the shots. Ooh, brilliant. And then we'll find a good spot here to just plunk it back. So the question is, uh, maintaining my, my theme of best of 2020. Hey. What uh, was your favorite thing you watched this year? Because we all watched a bunch of shit. No one can be like, I don't watch TV. Not this year, motherfucker. Get the fuck out. Stop <laughs> saying that like I'm supposed to say, oh, wow, you're interesting. Imagine that this year. You live alone and you didn't watch anything. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. That's, uh, 
Boy, that's so tough because, like you said, this is a year unlike most others where I watched so much. <laughs> Just wading through. I'm like, all right, I watched these 12 things, and that was like the last three weeks. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think one, one thing that pops in my head right away is uh, I am a, uh, kind of to your previous point, Ben, I, uh, I love comedy. Yeah. Uh, and I love all forms of comedy from super dry to completely irreverent and everything in between. Um, and uh, I can't remember if I found it before the lockdown in March or not, to be honest with you, but watched, got up and then watched the new season of Big Mouth. Oh, God, yeah. it's so good. And it is, like, it is so good. So good to the point that I, like, two episodes and I'm like I need to watch something else like this is because I, I find myself almost becoming numb to it like man I'm not laughing enough at this episode out loud like I should be like <laughs> I need to take a break and get back to it the fresh set of comedy eyes fresh oh, set of laughs yeah it's so true I got so many of those deep gut laughs so you're oh, like alright I gotta rewind yeah I never I, Nick Kroll is a fucking genius to me <laughs> like when you realize how many of those voices he's doing like I half the time I'll just sit because I'm I'm just blown away by that that's just him, and then I'll watch back again so I can catch all the jokes. I hated his sketch comedy show. Yeah, I, I find him real hit and miss. His sketch mm-hmm. comedy show I found fucking terrible. His stand up is really funny. Marnie took me to see a show of his uh, for my birthday a year ago, and he was fantastic. And the league, obviously, he was really funny and great character. Yep. And so I'm glad, like, when Big Moth came out, I was, like, crossing my fingers, like, don't be bad, don't be bad. And it's, it's really fucking funny. Even, oh. like, they even found a way to do, to acknowledge that they had a white actress doing a girl of color's character. They even found a way to make that, like, work. Yep. Like, well, they, wait, what character was that? I don't... Um, Jesse is, uh, is Jenny Slate. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And so in this new season... Like, they start just straight up acknowledging. Uh, I haven't watched a season yet. That that's okay. a thing. Oh. Oh, okay. And then they, they're transitioning towards. Because is what, season four? Yeah. Yep. Wow, that came up quick. Right. Yeah, they've been. They've been yeah, they've yeah, been tearing through them. Up. That's good, though. I love it. I but love shows that holy like, fuck keep is, producing new, new content. Yeah. That whole, the whole thing at camp. Like, oh. that, I was like, get out of my head. Like, yeah. how do you have my I memories? Because I remember all of that. Oh. My, my favorite thing about Nick Kroll is that uh, I. I Years ago, when Sausage Party came out, and he plays a literal douche yes. in Sausage Party, uh, <laughs> we, we were watching. It was, it I can see him excelling at playing a literal like, douche. We actually had the DVD, right? Like yeah. We rented a DVD from Redbox or something like that. Oh shit! And so we were watching like the extras because it was hilarious just watching everyone laugh. And the thing that everyone uh, that worked in this program was laughing the hardest about was that they looked Nick Crow up in IMDb, and this was his third program. Uh, where he was credited and his character's name was the douche. douche. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is, oh, what, uh, is that on Parks and Rec? Or Parks, and Rec. Yep. Parks yeah. and Rec is number two, and I can't even remember the third one, but there's a third one. That's oh, my awesome. God. It, it must be a thing where he's like, please let me be a douche. There's, there's, two, things that, there's two things that I know on IMDb. It's that Nick Kroll will always play a douche, and Tony Danza will always play a character named Tony. Yeah, yeah for sure. He's, 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 in, like, he's in six different roles where his character was Tony. Yeah, he doesn't pay attention if they don't say Tony's like, huh? Huh? <laughs> Angela. Well, let's take a oh, shot. Yeah, let's take absolutely. a shot to douches there everywhere. Go, to douches. Especially Nicole, the biggest of all douches. 
Yeah, he's one of the few people that I think is really funny, but I think would be completely insufferable to hang around with. I don't, Nick Roll? Yeah, I feel ben, like he would just be awful. I think he would actually... Okay, have you seen his stand-up? Uh, I have not. He is, he's actually... He seems so much calmer and even keel. I think he'd actually be really lame to hang out with. I don't, yeah, so it's, just, it's an equal evil, but it's in the other direction. I just, he's like, I, I'm always I don't weary. Think he, I think he needs to, I think when he's himself, he probably simmers down. That could be. But he seems like when he's doing his stand-up, because he, he does his voices and characters and stuff, but in Betwixt, you can see him just being a guy. He's also just a human. He's not always turned up to 11. I don't think he got beat up a lot when he was a kid, because well, some yeah. comedians like, cannot stop. I think he's just a funny guy, but also he's, a normal person. I'm just, I'm always <laughs> wary. Like, if you're the child of billionaires and you've never had struggle or strife and then you choose comedy because it's like a funny dalliance, like, I don't know, it always, him on paper just drives me crazy, so therefore I've assumed that he's probably not. Anyone can choose comedy, but it doesn't mean they're funny. Yeah. Strife sometimes, like, you see, you see the cracks and, and what's funny about them. Yeah. You know what I mean? You find, you find like, pathways that other people don't because sure, sure, sure. you have to find humor and dark things so i think that is yeah a lot i think there's a lot of comedians that didn't have obviously harsh upbringings i would say that he's probably more one of those yeah but i don't know <laughs> he does play someone called the douche a lot so he probably was doing more of the beating saying, he's, yeah. he's he's douche adjacent <laughs> definitely <laughs> so my answer is also a comedy Ooh. uh i had i th- had to think about this for like eight long seconds as I was telling this question because actually today I was so busy I came up with the questions and didn't think about them but my answer is Dave have you yeah. guys seen the show Dave I love it unabashedly Lil, it's so love good. It. Lil Dicky it's so good Lil Dicky's a rapper a very talented rapper another guy who's basically a born comedian like, <laughs> well, as a lyricist on. who on is... the show is famous because of his breakout hit my dick sucks yes. which is so great <laughs> dude this show okay this show which is this show which is written about his life he his character the way he writes it has a mangled penis <laughs> that like he can't let his girlfriend see this is a minor spoiler but he does this to himself. He's that self-deprecating yep. Yep. that in the show, his character has like this mangled dick. I love <laughs> and it. And that's like part of the premise of the show is him uh, also like building up confidence in his skills and, and understanding his value. But it is like when, it, so it starts out with that again, no spoilers. It starts out with him being self-deprecating and talking about his weird dick. But as the show goes along, there's, it's so substantive it's crazy how deep it is. That's that's the thing that's so like spooky about him is that it's he's so good at painting himself to be a clown that you almost don't notice how good he is at what he's doing. Like it's Absolutely. it's really weird looking at like the way that he structures I, I freely admit I've been obsessed with him since the first time I heard his Lion King freestyle way, yeah. way back, like six, seven years ago. And that is another great example of it, but all of his songs, like it's really intricate, the actual craft he puts into his wordsmithing. And then because he looks the way that he does, you know, right. you kind of just ra- write it up as a joke. But yep. I still say when he did the, the first time that he did his uh, uh, sway in the morning freestyle where they just put a beat down and you're just supposed to go, it's 10 minutes long and it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah, he's, uh, he's clearly highly intellectual 
the words just kind of dance in his head. Mm-hmm. He's so good at that. And that's why even, you know, on the, on the program, again, I won't give any spoilers away, but he has an instance where he's sort of asked to do something like that. And he probably, they probably recorded that live. I'm guaranteed They probably that. just recorded that live. Maybe they did two takes, but he just goes, that's just how his mind works. Mm-hmm. But that's, what's cool about the program is he, I, I think for maybe some people watching the program, they don't know that either they don't know it's a real rapper or they have heard of him but don't realize that the actor in this program is actually Lil Dicky. I remember when we started watching the show because I watch it with my wife, uh, she was like, okay, this is a real rapper. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, wait, it's about him or that is him? I said, both. And she's like, oh, (laughs) shit, okay. And I remember watching the first episode and being like, how's he so good at acting? And I think it's just he's, it, it has to do with his lyricism. He's so good with words that acting, he doesn't have to think about the words. They're already there. So he's just speaking. Totally. I think most good actors, you know, you show a page to, uh, uh, you know, Robert De Niro. He probably looks at it and does his little lip curl like a largemouth bass. And then he probably just, like, <laughs> steps in front of the camera and acts like he's known it his whole life. Wait, hold on. Has anybody ever actually seen a largemouth bass and Robert De Niro in the same room? I mean, are, is there a possibility that... That that's just three fish in an overcoat? I just overcoat? did a Nero nod to affirm that I have not seen that. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> Which means both yes and no. Why does it mean yes and no? Because <laughs> he's fucking De Niro. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when you're talking to a Minnesotan, because we'll be like, yeah, but no, or like, no, but like, yeah. And I'm saying yes and no at the same time. Yeah, and no, they, yeah. They both mean yeah, no, yeah. wildly different yeah, things. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's your answer? Oh, uh, Okay. Really cheesy one, but I didn't realize that um, Peter Gabriel recorded a concert in Italy in like 94, and it's called Secret World Live, and it's my favorite live concert album ever. Uh, I literally cried tears of joy when the vinyl got re-released this year, and in conjunction with that, they put the, the film about the concert back out. I don't know if that counts because I've seen it before, but I got to watch it again for the first time in like 15 years. And it still moves me just as much as it did the first time. Uh, what that guy does, like, I would love to just spend a single day inside his brain. Because the way that he makes everything work together is, is just stunning to me. Um, but if I had to pick something that was new to me this year... Uh, yeah, I was going to set some terms and conditions because I thought everyone's going to be like Mandalorian, yeah. but <laughs> we didn't do that. Oh my gosh, give up! We didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, there we are. Um, I think I think my favorite thing that I've I've watched is uh, it's a specific scene. It's um, in um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, Chadwick Boseman has like a ten and a half minute long monologue about watching his mother get gang raped by eight or nine white guys, and it's there. I'm this doesn't give anything away, but they're all yeah. I haven't watched it yet. They're I'm all in a to. they're in a practice space, so it's all the musicians in her band, and she's arguing with the guy who owns the recording studio. So she's off camera. So the guys are doing what we always do when we're all stuck in a room sitting around. Everybody just starts shit talking. Mm-hmm. They're making fun of each other. And off of something that happens, Chadwick turns on a dime. Everybody's laughing. Everybody's making fun of each other. And then he starts the story. And like even me just saying it right now, a chill just went down my spine. Because I hate the fact that I don't get any more of that. I hate the fact that... Dude, last no. night, so let, real quick digression 
I haven't seen it yet. I know it's his last performance. It's going to make me emotional. Yeah. Kwame and I have a, a particularly special connection to Absolutely. him because of, of something. We'll tell, mm-hmm. we'll tell a story another time. But last night, of all fucking things, I was trying to fall asleep to something, like just to nod off, and draft day was on. <laughs> I didn't know he was in it. Yeah. So I'm a draft obsessive, and the Vikes are out of the playoffs. And so, like, now I'm, like, in total draft mode. I'm sending grades to people. I got my PFF uh, a Pro premium subscription, uh, my athletic subscription. I'm just, like, really in the numbers right now. And then yesterday that popped on, so I was like, why not this? And I fucking realized he's in it. And yep. I was like, no way. Like, I didn't – somehow I didn't know he was in it. And somehow his performance, even though he plays, like, this brutish, like, quarterback-sacking linebacker, he transcends the mediocrity of the film and is actually pretty convincing as that character. As like, there he is right in front of me telling me, hey, man, you need to go watch Ma Rainey's. But that's, I can't imagine how I'm going to feel watching that. Well, Are you fucking and, and that's the thing, and that, that's what gets me, is like he could take a role like that at draft day and make it transcendent. He's got the words of August Wilson to play with in that, and he is literally sitting in a room chock full of some of the best actors of like older generations and he just tap dances circles around everybody that i i literally paused the movie when that story got done and i like finally exhaled because i had been holding my breath the entire time basically and then i went i rewound it i went back and started it over because he was fucking electricity in a human body and the way that his eyes light up when he starts getting angry as he's telling that story, it, it's honestly, it's one of the, to me, it's one of the most beautiful acting performances I've ever seen in a movie that's chock full of them. And Love it. They wow. just yeah. killed me. I watched almost no movies this year. I don't know if you guys align with that, but I, there's something about not being able to have a theater experience. I watch very few movies, and I've never been like a big Netflix movie guy as it is. I mostly watch programs. I like the serialized nature and that I can like consume more. But I watched, dude, I probably watched 10 whole movies this year. Yeah. Like new mm-hmm. movies. I probably watched like 10. Yeah, new movies. I mean, I, right. I watch a lot of old favorites, yeah. like as comfort sure. films, right? Like yeah, old even comedies, Marvel. Yeah, you yeah. know, like, I mean, you have to watch Elf, you know, like whatever, like going on the line for Christmas. But, um, yeah, I don't think I did either. And the, the last one I did was a huge disappointment. What was it? Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. That's my guess because everyone ha- – I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet either. Everyone – I have one friend on Facebook that said, don't listen to everybody. It's great. But everybody else is like, don't even fuck with it. It's so I mean, bad. Th- the hard thing is is I'm really good at going into movies that I, that I, like, I should like with my expectations kept really low. Like there's a lot of movies that I've loved that my friends have hated that are in similar levels of nerddom to me. They're like, how did you like it? This, this, and this. And I'm like, well, okay. I, just, I went in with a realistic expectation. Like, we're watching a movie about space wizards. Like, yep. okay, like, yeah, there are some things that are going to happen that aren't going to make sense. Like, but just enjoy it. Um, and, I mean, we got done watching it. And we both just sat there and we're like, me and, me and my fiance, me and Caitlin, we're like, oh, all right, let's start talking about this. You know, and did you hear really, it sucks before you watched it? Nope. Oh, so you okay? I, I went in being you might, like, "Do you think right, you would have liked it more if you heard expect- it sucks?" No, I, I oh, really man. don't. Like, I mean, I just I love the first was, one. I, I'm so bummed. I'm like I, going into this 
embraced. Like, no. I adored the first one. Yeah. <laughs> like, I loved the first one. And I just, like, we walked through. I mean, there were definitely bright spots. Like, it wasn't, like, a steaming pile of garbage. But there was just so much that, you know, felt rushed, felt unnecessary, um, felt DC passed over. Right. Like, it just, it was just, like, the... Yeah, didn't DC have can't it. get out of their own way. Man. I might, I might have to go home and watch it tonight. Yeah. I, like when something is that universally panned, I usually have to watch it. That's how I started watching the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, I, got, I love those. I got so sick of people telling me how bad they were, and I hadn't seen them, and now I'm obsessed. Wait, how far, how far into the series were you before you started? I saw, um, I saw my first Fast and the Furious after Fast Five came out. Oh damn! So okay. I watched one, two, three, and don't four. take this the wrong way, but you strike me as the kind of guy that would watch Fast and the Furious <laughs> yeah. movies. I know. I watch them. I'm, that's not an insult. I'm I watch. Su- every I'm one surprised of them. about it myself. Yeah, I had a, I, I had a 2000 Eclipse GT. Like, <laughs> I, just, I don't know it's what not it was. An insult, believe it, me. I guess I just never really been like a car movie guy, so okay. it didn't really interest me. And then when they showed the preview for five with The Rock as, like, the FBI agent who drives a Humvee through an entire favela in Brazil, and they never acknowledge the fact that that's, like, a war crime of the nth level. Uh, (laughs) And they never acknowledge any of the thousands of people he probably killed. Right. Uh, Or, you know, while we're talking about DC, all the people that Superman killed. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) But that's... So I'm watching... I'm in the movie theater, and I'm watching the trailer... And it's him driving through it, and my friend Alexis leans over, and she's like, we need to smoke a joint and go see that. And I was like, well, then I need to watch the first four. Yeah. <laughs> so I banged him out in a week, and then the movie came out, we went, and now I've seen every single one of them in the theater since, including Hobbs and Shaw, which is the worst of all of them, and honestly was even more fun because of that. It's because still popcorn. Yeah, I went in popcorn. knowing it was going to be bad. It was the most directionless one. I mean, they're, mo- they're mostly directionless as a series, <laughs> but Hobbs and Chow was particularly like, let's punch some guys. Well, <laughs> All then, right? And then, like, Idris Elba is already a badass. We don't have to, like, fuse nanotech to his spine to make him, like, more scary, I guess. I don't know. Words. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it did. And I, well, I got high as shit, and I drank an uh, Axe Man in the theater, and it was beautiful. Hey, yep. cool. hey guys, nobody likes a tuna. <laughs> cheers. cheers, cheers. Uh, all right, well, this is perfect. I wasn't planning on us getting to, getting to talk about Wonder Woman, but <laughs> Wonder Woman is a movie where I am equally attracted to both the female and male lead at the same time. Chris Pine is hot as fuck. And Gal Gadot is, I think, what they used to make sculptures of. Uh, so I just wanted to throw out, who is your first celebrity crush, and who is it now? Whew. Okay. Because, like, sometimes they, they age with you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Jennifer Connelly, 30 years later, is still mm-hmm. that absolutely still? stunning. Absolutely. Right now? Yeah. I guess I haven't seen her in a long time. She's stunning. Yeah, she's always been, yeah, a very pretty lady. I mean, can the three of us here honestly look at each other and not all say Topanga at the same time as the first? <laughs> uh, I was a Kelly Kapowski guy yeah, okay. all right. to the yeah, point that, that I lied to my little childhood gang and said that she was my secret girlfriend. <laughs> that <is> awesome. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and I also have to say, like, of all the Chris's, Pine, really. Like, yeah. not Hemsworth or Pratt? Hemsworth is great. Oh, I'd man. like to hang out with him. I used to think that about Pratt until he went weird and ultra-conservative religious. Yeah, but, yeah that's fair. But Chris Pine is, is fucking stunning. Man, don't yeah. ruin Guardians for me. Yeah. Ugh. 
I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't should, ruin it. Separate the two. Yeah, don't like, ruin Andy for me, man. Yeah. Like, that's that's my dude. I, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, all right, so I think, uh, man, my my first celebrity crush was probably Gwen Stefani, Oof. because I remember the first time I'd ever heard No Doubt was I saw her perform uh, on Saturday Night Live. No shit. And I was like. Oh, hello. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I went and saw, I, the first time I saw No Doubt Live was at, um, um, oh, it was one of the fests. Might have been. How many times have you seen No Doubt? Three. Oh. Surprisingly. And I, right. I don't know that I could say that I'm like a, a huge fan, but, tr- but Tragic Kingdom was like ubiquitous. That was my, I think, junior year in high school. Like, you, everybody had that record. Even if you didn't like ska or punk or whatever mm-hmm. they were, everybody just kind of knew that record. And I went and saw them on that tour, and she was wearing, uh, like, periwinkle blue vinyl pants and the little wife beater tank top. Oh, we're bringing yeah. up vinyl pants in. And she, the second time. <laughs> she, climbed this, she climbed the scaffolding, and she's still singing. And uh, I remember the dude next to me, uh, there was like a, a break in, in her singing and she was just like looking down and he just goes, if you want to fall, I'll catch you. <laughs> and, and I remember just laughing hysterically to be like, that was your chance. Like that's what you're going to go with time after time. Yeah, and he really like, I think he was really hoping that he could will it into existence, yes, right. but I will never forget looking at that dude. Cause it was, there was she, no, she monkey bars all the way across. <laughs> Hell no, dude. No, that guy said he was going to catch me. It's yeah. fine. Well then what happens next? <laughs> she climbed back down and finished her set. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Gwen, I don't, yeah. I don't know anybody that didn't have a crush yeah. on her. When I thought that was your first. Oh, well, I mean, it was, I was like, like the, sixth or seventh grade. Sure, you know? okay. Like, I mean, and yeah. I, I, I suppose it was I, that I, long I, ago. I grew up without cable, I, you know, just like mm-hmm. my parents weren't into music, so like I, you know, didn't really have that drive at that time. So sure. I just, and then like her on stage with all the fake henna tattoos on her arms and hands, and I was like, sure. yep, yes, <laughs> hello, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was my first, and then, man, I don't know. Like, I, I, like there are a lot of beautiful people in this world, yeah. right? You know, and uh, like I don't know if I have a like one because I'm yeah. like I don't know, like they're you're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're an asshole, but you're hot, you know, and what I don't know for a lot of celebrities. Um, if I had to pick one though, right now, I'd probably say. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, just because of her portrayal as Black Widow. Oh, absolutely. She's she just killed it in that role. She, I never understood why Black Widow was a badass in the comic books. I never really mm. cared for that character. Mm-hmm. And having that, having her in the in that role in the MCU, I thought actually made sense to me. Yep. I felt the same way about uh, Hawkeye too. I was always like, who the fuck cares? Yep. But then you actually see the way they play it out, and you're like. Oh, yeah, all right. I think my first, the first crush I remember having was on the childlike empress from Never Ending Story. When oh, she yeah. wishes, like, I, I didn't know what that feeling was at the time, but that was 100% sure. a crush. Like, mm-hmm. I would, like, wilt when, that, when her scene came on. I just thought, probably because I thought she was, like, a real princess who could wish eternity back into existence. 
<laughs> exactly. Hey, let's. We all want to <laughs> shout names out a window. I get it. Uh, but now I think uh, Rashida Jones and her voice, like. But I don't. I don't want to like go on a date with her. I want her to read to me <laughs> over, like, you know, over the phone, and then I just have that. Like I. Oh, oof, that's she's stunning. And then uh, I. I have an undying, as I just confessed, I have an undying amount of love for um, Idris Elba. I, I think he is the most beautiful human being on earth, male or female. I just I think he's incredible. It's hard to argue. He's a handsome gentleman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Charles? Uh, yeah. So I <laughs> there's a lot of ways to answer this. Obviously, we're we're discluding our childhood television crushes because <laughs> mine was Kelly Kapowski. Yeah. Topang- yeah, Topanga Topanga's a pretty girl, but I I didn't. I guess I didn't have the same feels as everyone else. Hmm. I was committed, you know. She yeah, that's <laughs> committed <fair>. to Kelly. <laughs> yeah, to Kelly Kapowski. Man, <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen, she ruled the world for like two years. Yeah. There was yep. nobody. Two years felt like a long time when we were kids. Because that whole show that was felt what, like a decade. Wasn't that whole show's run like four years total? It was uh, short. Th- it's a lot shorter than everybody remembers. I don't know. They had the college oh. years. and. Well, yeah, that's, that's I different. don't know. It felt like a million years. Yeah. For yeah. sure, Ugh. I had a uh, Carmen Electra poster on my wall. Mm. Yes, Yasmin Belief too. Ooh. I was—they <laughs> didn't even seem real. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give an answer. Maybe you wouldn't expect. Remember the box, like the video music video. Yeah, yeah, the box. So it's this music video platform. This is how old I am. <laughs> you could order music videos yep. by phone. You'd call a one nine hundred number, and it would charge. Uh, your parents a dollar and maybe play, they'd play it to play a music video maybe no I, I seem to remember that it always played whatever freak like me from adina Ad- howard. howard dude that uh made me feel funny oh, okay man. <laughs> when i was i think that i must have been 11 when that came out and it made me feel funny and i ordered that video a lot uh, <laughs> i was like what are they doing? I think now we call it twerking. I bought, but I, at the time I was like, what? I don't know what this is, but I bought that let's, album. Let's have another spin. I bought that CD because of that video. Like yeah. she was so hot. That video and uh, you're making me high by Tony Braxton. Sure. Oh yeah, man. There, there were, there were more than a few late night viewings of those two yeah, videos. I have, I have particular memories of that video and like the water splashing and like, I was like, woo. <laughs> Fucking I was yeah that was uh, so that's 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 my official oh, hell yeah. answer is there is there a crush that that sticks out now do you have a um marnie probably thinks i'm going to answer natalie portman but that's the the tweener years uh olivia munn oh, she is not yeah. only beautiful mm-hmm. but she is a fucking cool chick and really she's, funny she's oh man she's she's awesome she's cool she's a very accomplished actress now i remember when she was on g4 and was just like a co-host yeah. and funny as fuck and now she's an actress and acting in a lot of films and yep beautiful talented funny smart uh so yeah that would i guess that would be yeah. my answer her i, I guess her and I should also say Rosario Dawson. Oh, she permanently. Absolutely. She's forever on my yep. list. Like she's just stunning. But uh, and now up a notch or two in my book. Yeah, because the Mandalorian. Because of the <laughs> yeah. Mandalorian. Um, no spoilers there. Who knows? She have you guys stormtrooper? Yep. I, I started throwing this around this year. <laughs> have you guys seen Office Party? Yes. yes. Because that is now on my list of favorite Christmas movies. 
Like, that movie is fantastic. I think this is the year it got added to a lot of lists. It's so yeah. funny. It is really funny. I saw it twice in the theater. Like, I just thought it was that funny. Well, you saw No Doubt three times in concert. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, I double down on the things that I like. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That fucking... Oh, I don't know, man. I, I think if you, can be, if you can be attractive and funny... That's just, you're always going to win. Male or female in my book, like, yeah. you're probably going to be on the crush list. And there's no way around it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's promising that for the group here, it's also ladies who are really talented. Absolutely. Actresses, singers, um, mm-hmm. uh, musicians. God, I love that fucking. <laughs> I just want to. I want to yeah. see Homer Simpson do do the whole wheel and then throw the tiny bike in the air and we had, eat it. Yeah, the giant oh, see, hook I came just, in the room to drag us out of here for like talking about hot girls. Yeah, I just see Sideshow Mel. I oh, don't that's see fair. Homer. Yeah. You know, I see Sideshow Mel. And eat your salva. Well, should we pour up another round? I suppose. Maybe. Do you want to do what you did before and do the uh, ask as you go to pour? You know what, Quam? I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I'll stop watching Where Freak Like Me video on my phone real quick here. <laughs> <laughs> Splash. Also, before this podcast is done, we need you to talk about how have you not been here before? I don't know. Like well, it, 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 it is, it is yeah, I was, my mind, I was, like, as I was living in Northeast yeah. for... A couple of years of my life, I have a, a business here and spending a lot of time. Like, this place is awesome and beautiful, and I love everything about it, just being in the room. And, I mean, I have a Polish eagle tattoo on my calf, yeah. and there, it's part, you know, like, there's everything about it. I don't know. That's crazy. <laughs> As we were walking in, I actually, you know, because he had said that to me, and I remarked that for a long time, this was a place that uh, low-budget events were held. I had friends have bachelor parties in here because it was just like... The room was like 200 bucks or something. And now the social catering uh, family of businesses is part of this. And they spiffed it up. It's really beautiful in here. And, like, if you look at the room, who cares yeah. when it wasn't spiffed up? This is just a really beautiful old theater. Yep. It's just really – it's just such a nice, cool room. There's a nice, like, antiquity to it. It doesn't feel dusty. It just feels, like, warm. Yeah. Yep. I'll bring you. I'll bring you upstairs before we leave. Oh, there's you. there's some cool awesome. ass little rooms here. Yes, this place is just a riot. So my final question in my trajectory of questions regarding the best of what Mr. Hoffman is your favorite thing to happen this year? And yes, I am leading you. <laughs> I was about to say uh, <laughs> this has been the easiest question of the day by far. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I, uh, I proposed, uh, to my beautiful partner uh, a few weeks ago and she said, yes. So she's dope as fuck. <laughs> what? I can't pour it that fast. So <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, a, a, you know, another thing of 2020, uh, that was the like Baker's dozenth plan of how to propose I had for the year. Um, you know, for the year for us, like, like everyone, like, please don't take this as. Oh, we had such a hard year. 
everybody did, yeah. of course, right? But like there was still great among it. But um, she uh, uh, tore a tendon in her ankle and was on bed rest for three months oh, at the shit. beginning, right right after uh, lockdown started. Fuck. Spring into summer. Um, and yeah, it's its own set of, of issues. Yeah. And like, along that came job loss and change. And I mean, there's. And every time I was like, all right, this is how I'm going to do it. Something would happen. And you're like, well, that's fucked. <laughs> all right. So did, did she have any idea? For sure. I mean, she had, uh, she knew that I wanted to marry her. Got and it. we had talked about it. Like, she didn't want a diamond for her engagement ring. Which, man, looking for engagement rings without diamonds in them is a lot harder than you would think. Yeah. We did the same. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so in, in the end, it was basically like, all right, I wanted to do this in May of this year. And it's coming up on December. And we had her folks into town over, over Thanksgiving. And so uh, instead of calling, I actually got to like sit down and, and chat with her dad, which is great. Oh, that's awesome. Um, love that yeah yeah i mean like so you know again started and he's he's a old-fashioned dude from virginia you know and oh, I was shit. Like, look like like i'm you know i'm i'm not here to ask your permission i don't you know she's not your property nor mine <laughs> like they didn't say that but i'm like i'm not here to ask your permission but i really hope i'm looking for your blessing and i just want to talk a little bit about this and, and he was he was thrilled so that was great um but yeah so i finally the the scene I kept thinking of in my head was uh, from the office when Jim uh, meets Pam at the gas station halfway, and just proposes because he's like, I just didn't want to wait anymore. I'm like, that's basically where I was at. So I was like, all right, I don't know how I can make this um, surprise since we're both home together all the time. Yeah, right. Uh, and so uh, waited for a Sunday when Sage was over at um, you know her other dad's house. And uh, it was it was a great day. Besides this, because um, and Caitlin's idea, she's like, so we have this old TV downstairs. What if we set it up next to our TV downstairs and move the Roku over to that, and so we could watch football on that TV and play Mario Kart on the Wii on this one? Yeah, I was like, fuck yes, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and so we spent all afternoon playing Mario Kart and watching football at the same time. Uh, and for the last couple of months now, we've been kind of trading date nights where it's like, I will cook and you literally do whatever you want to. Just don't come in the fucking kitchen. Like go in a bathtub, go sit in the room, go watch a show. I don't want to don't care, but like, I'm going to make dinner and then we're going to enjoy it together. And so I was able to use that of like, no, you stay downstairs. Like I'll do dinner. So I was able to kind of set it up a little bit and make it, well, you know, a little special. And yeah, it was, what'd you cook? Um, I made uh, Wagyu ribeyes. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. Always uh, a good choice. Yep. Uh, yep. Um, she is a. Uh, I mean, a actually, I already knew that answer. So, red meat surprised. is right up her alley. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did, uh, did Wagyu ribeyes. I did um, uh, crab cakes um, and twice baked potatoes and asparagus and hollandaise. You did it right. Yeah. I, I told her when I was kind of planning the meal, I was like, yeah, I'm just kind of going for, like, old school supper club. So I did, like, Chesapeake Bay crab cakes and, like, yeah. you know, a lot of lump meat, no filler, bake them in the oven. Yeah. Um, and I'm a big fan of uh, sous vide um, hollandaise. Oh, yeah. Because it just, like, can't fuck it up, which is great because I would fuck up hollandaise otherwise. <laughs> um, like yeah. a mix. Yeah, so popped a bottle of champagne and had a really good meal and called all of our family. Beautiful. It was wonderful. It was great. 
Yeah. What did What did her dad say when you when you said I'm not asking for permission, but I'm looking for your blessing? Like, um, I think he kind of knew it was coming. Sure, you know, um, he should have. Yeah, yeah, and so he, anyone knows you guys should yeah. probably have seen yeah. it. It was coming at some point. Yeah. That he was a little more attuned than yeah. some of Yeah, well, like, even when I proposed to her, I was like, we well, call my parents and tell them. They have no idea. And she's like, they have no idea? And I'm like, well, they don't have no idea. They have some idea. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, this isn't going to be a huge shock to them, but I just didn't tell them I was going to. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, you didn't tell yeah, anybody. Nope. I told. Just... I literally told uh, her dad uh, and uh, two of my good buddies just because I couldn't not talk to anybody about yeah. it. Yeah, sure. So, talked to my, my, my buddy Frank from, like, my best friend from St. John's and um, my uh, Dan Herman, who was a guest on the show yeah. earlier. But, yeah, that's awesome. Um, but, yeah, he, he basically was just like, oh, well, we are thrilled. And he's, he's, uh, he is, his name is Randy White, and he's from Fluvanna County. Oh, boy. And he has a, you know, he just super southern incredibly kind you know just nice 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 human being so just to say not just for your experience but anybody who may be listening that feels like they've been deprived of the appropriate uh uh engagement Mm -hmm. best laid plans baby we went to seattle uh three years ago on new year's so three years ago this new year's uh, is when I proposed to two years ago, three years ago. Because we were engaged for <laughs> we were engaged for nineteen months. Three years ago, yeah, three yeah. years ago. Yeah. Okay, so three years ago on this New Year's Eve, uh, we were in Seattle because Marnie's brother Scott, my brother-in-law, was stationed there, uh, and his parents, uh, Marnie's parents, were in town there. We decided to all spend New Year's there together. And that's when it was around the time I knew I was going to propose. And so I was like, I'm going to do it there on New Year's. I didn't want it to be highfalutin. I didn't have any uh, delusions of grandeur about, like, a firework popping over my head and someone taking a photo just as I, like, got down to one knee or anything. I just knew it would be that evening. So the family knew. Same thing. Spoke to her father when we were watching a Vikings game. It coincided somehow magically with the night he gave me his box of Moss's Magic Crunch. He was like, "I knew I brought this here for a reason." Yes. But basically, yeah, it was the same thing. Like, I'm, I, you know, I want, I want you to know that I want to marry your daughter. And he was like, uh, "You made me very happy. I've been waiting for this day." So also, I Montana Sapphire. We didn't do diamonds, but the evening of New Year's, I got sick. I spiked a fever. Um, we were at. Uh, distillery restaurant called Nehi Stocking Club in downtown Seattle and I was not well. I'd had a fever all day but I was trying to just power through. Of course. And I remember I called them prior to being there and saying like was there any is there anywhere there that I could propose to my girlfriend? And they were like no, this place is cramped. And we were there, it was like the size of my bathroom. I was getting hit with the bathroom door as we were eating. And we got in the Uber afterwards, and we were going to go somewhere else, like just to find somewhere to go. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, babe, I don't feel well. We need, to, we need to jet back. I need to, like, relax for a minute or something. Well, I'd ordered a bottle of champagne as we were leaving for when we returned, boldly assuming that she would say yes. And so we get into the hotel, the bottle of champagne's on, and it's this beautiful bottle of French champagne, and she's like, oh, wow. Like, she thought I was making amends for the fact that we couldn't continue our evening out. And 
I decided, well, then I can set up my phone because I'm doing it. It's happening this mm-hmm. evening. I set up my, my, cam- my, my phone and I was like, I have one more Christmas gift for you. Thinking I was slick. Apparently she knew I'm pretty good at like disguising these things. But I was like, I have one more Christmas gift for you. And on the video, you can see the look on her face. She's like, okay. So anyways, I don't want to belabor this, but we were staying at Hotel Theater in Seattle. I proposed to her in the hotel. You think I wanted to propose in a hotel when we had this like mm-hmm. luxurious weekend uh, spending New Year's in Seattle with her family? So best laid plans. And you know what? Like the, the nuances, like the little details are always going to stick with you. Yep. There's probably like memories of things in your home that you're going to remember because of their connection to that experience. Like I kept the key card from Hotel Theodore. You can go there anytime and like remember like, hey, remember when everything fucked up and I proposed to you in our room? Yep. So that's, uh, that's, that's, that's a beautiful thing. So I got to interrupt real quick because we haven't taken our shot yet. Oh, <laughs> but this is but this shot is this is hey man cheers, yeah, cheers this is, to your engagement we That's, we had hey, talked about this you. we wanted to oh. try and make a way that we could do a cheers to your his fiance is even cooler oh, than I him yeah congratulations oh, and, far yeah. cooler than I am <laughs> I'm an incredibly lucky human being Quam, mm. you want to speak to your um, yeah. My, my engagement or my favorite thing this year? <laughs> choose yeah flip a coin or something yeah I I'm gonna traipse over there because you get it. I, uh, I definitely also asked for permission. I lucked out because I was working at the airport at the time, and her parents were going down to look at a property that they were going to buy in Fort Myers Beach. So I knew she couldn't accidentally show up because it's at the airport. Yep. So I got to show them the ring, and I sat and I just said, my life has been forever changed because I met her, and I don't ever want that to end and her both of her parents are just like the sweetest people like it just shows again why she is as great as she is because she comes from two other great people and um i was going to propose (laughs) sorry the timing just worked out so perfect due to that um he just gave a wonderful finger point double finger guns double finger guns to the computer um i was originally that summer um, me and uh, a couple of my DJ cohorts were doing our uh, last chance summer dance at the state fair. And I thought like 7,000 people, she was going to be there with her girls. I was like, I'll part the crowd and then bam, I can propose. And literally that morning I was like, holy fuck, that's how I would want to be proposed to. That's not how Jenny wants to be proposed to. She is a lot like Caitlin. She's like a, an extroverted introvert. Mm-hmm. Her natural inclination is to be around less people. She can be dazzling in front of groups, but I think she's much more comfortable like at home hanging out. And all I could think about was that then she would have to like think about thousands of people around her every time we thought, you know, like there's no, there's yeah. no, and then I would have to get back on stage and like perform for the rest of the night. Of course. So we wouldn't even get to hang out. So, because that's what her parents were doing when they were at the airport, they actually ended up buying a place. And uh, then they were like, if you guys ever want to go down there, you know, you're more than welcome to stay there. And I was like, perfect. So we bought tickets to Florida, and I threw the ring in my pocket, and I sweated bullets the entire time. Because <laughs> I didn't want to put it in my luggage because I was afraid it would go missing. Yep. So, like, I had to make sure that, like, she went through security first, and then, like, you know, if they stopped me, then I could just be like, eh, it's a ring. Yep. Uh, and we walked in, and I, set, I already had my phone set. 
So I, I hit record and I set it on the dresser. We walked into the apartment and I immediately got down on one knee. <laughs> and the best part is I still have the video. It's a minute and a half before she realizes that I'm on my knee. Like, she's like, oh, my God, look at this view. Holy shit, look at this bedroom. This is king-size bed. This kitchen's great. Holy shit, because she's checking out her parents' new place. Yep. She had, you know, I didn't even think about that. And I'm literally... You can just what, are you see, tying your shoe? Yeah, you can just see me sitting there. And she, like, literally doesn't notice. And I was like, hey, babe. She's like, what? I'm like, hey, babe. She's like, what? And she's still not looking at me. I'm like, I just... I just wanted to get this out of the way. <laughs> she turns around. She's like, oh, my God. And then it was awesome. And I'm so glad we did it that way because it meant that we got to spend. That was the very beginning of our vacation. Oh, is this the last one? Oh, boy. Well, let's do a whiskey and then we'll do it. Okay, one. yeah, perfect. All right. um, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. And so we, we got to spend the entire vacation celebrating being engaged. And it was, it was literally, I hadn't even thought about that. Yep. I was just, I just wanted to. I wanted to propose so that it was done yep. and then hopefully she would say yes and then we could start planning. And it was so much fun for the next three days. We went cruising around Fort Myers beach, like old retired people buying us cocktails and saying, yeah. that we're, you got, we were just like you 70 years ago. <laughs> like that's the shit. I, I love that. And I'm so glad that all my plans got scrubbed. Yeah. I'm so glad that it wasn't this giant fucking thing because now we can go That's to Florida. That's okay too, though. Yeah. But like, oh, yeah. I know, so even, so my wife, she, she's always said, even though we never actually spoke about the fact that we would get engaged, she was the type of person, she told me, I'm the type of person that doesn't want like a public engagement. So I never would have done it on a cruise ship for yeah. New Year's or something. So it's always going to be somehow private and intimate. Maybe like one person would be peripherally there. And it ended up being like as intimate as possible because it was us in our room. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, one, the one unique thing uh, about our proposal that would have been weird had we done it anywhere else is that uh, so we've been dating. It'll be you know five years in the spring. And within the first year of us dating somehow there was like sage brought home a ring pop right and th that ring pop has been in our cupboard up to this day and the running joke in the <laughs> yeah. household was anytime the other person would do something spectacularly fucking awesome you'd propose um, you know you'd be like i'm gonna <laughs> go get that fucking ring pop you be careful oh baby <laughs> i love that and so when i did propose i pulled the ring pop out first i actually opened the package and that's what i proposed with the first time brian i love you and so much <laughs> i love you so much <laughs> and i was like i'm just kidding here and she was like no but i'm so happy you did it with that and I was like, yeah, yeah that's awesome <laughs> that is the best shit ever holy don't <laughs> ever leave that out of the story that is fucking perfect <laughs> yeah. but yeah if we, if we would have if i would have done that out and like in a restaurant people yeah. were like fucking guy has a ring pop <laughs> oh my god that is fantastic yeah we did fun. we did rally and we ended up uh going down into the bar in, in the hotel for the countdown which was oh, awesome that's Good. great yeah like we did a couple shots like i think the endorphins made me wake absolutely up. so that's the that's that's a nice part of the story because I didn't just lay down and go okay I'm dying now all right yeah I'm dead. I think I just like burst back up like okay I've engaged this is awesome like we call my family and stuff but cool yeah we have some similar stories it seems like that's fucking Guam great. did you what about your this oh, year experience uh, my favorite thing to happen this year um, I don't know there's a lot just of like shit. An, just like a even it doesn't have to be like 
a, a singular life changing event, yeah. but what name like a experience you had this year that well, I there's loved there's two things kind of jumped out at me. Um, mm. I one was that um, because I've been around. Okay, let's see. How do I qualify this? Uh, I, I'm an irritating friend to have because I'm so obsessed with music that I always force my music on everybody. And it's, I tried to not, but I, I'm very bad at that. Like, I just want everybody to hear. Because I think so many colors are brought into my world because of music. I want other people to have that. And I, I always forget that like not everybody feels that way about music period you're not a music supremacist no definitely not but i i just i do want to force feed you at all times (laughs) all of the things that i love no everybody loves someone who's like please check this out everybody loves that even if it's not their style so a friend says to me dude check out this hillbilly country shit that i know you will not like but will you just try it yeah i will just on the basis of like Okay, I respect you and uh, most of your tastes. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. <laughs> I will try to do this. <laughs> so one of the problems that I had was, like, I get so excited when people would come over that basically within an hour, I was spending all of my time DJing the Hangout because mm-hmm. I wanted to pick every song. Oh, you guys have to listen to this. Oh, yeah, you guys there. have to listen to this. Yeah, you know? we, watch, we ended up watching a documentary. No, 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 no. Listen to what he's saying. <laughs> That's absolutely. And I, like, I even see myself doing it. And I'm like, stop. But then most of me is like, no. Uh, so this year, because we've been home a whole lot more, it's been a lot more. Uh, I got to really fall back in love with having vinyl records. And my, uh, my music library has increased exponentially in the vinyl department because I'm forcing myself to not skip around. God, we, talk if I'm, about, we talk about vinyl a lot on this podcast. Well, it makes me very happy. <laughs> and it, like, honestly... That was a vinyl pants joke. My, <laughs> my favorite thing to happen this year legitimately was getting some of the records that I've gotten. Like I am, I am so I can't even tell you like that Bob Marley three uh, three record set that's back to back concerts where you can listen to almost the same set two different nights and you can hear how they played it differently both nights. The Peter Gabriel reissue, my favorite live album of all time, randomly getting released on records the year of this fucking pandemic. Hum deciding to put out another fucking record. The Avalanches put out another record. Like there were, it was. There was so much. Wait, so did you receive some records for Christmas that? I did not. I got one record for Christmas this year, and it was Dolly Parton's Christmas record, which is only tolerable because I love Dolly Parton. Uh, I hate Christmas music. I'm I'm not a. I'm I'm not a Christmas. I'm like eh, human being. Yes, I'm like. eh, I'll do like Christmas movies. I'll do like Rat Pack stuff in the background. That's Mm -hmm. my extent. Even that is a little. I can do like a song or two, and then I start getting weird. But, uh, but no, it's it's just been like a lot of people decided to do reissues this year, and I am so in love with my vinyl collection right now, like where it's at. Like I'm, I literally get proud when I look at my records. And I don't know that I own anything else that I feel that way about. And they're honest- all rentals. You know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> there it is. But yeah, it's just I, that, I, that's that really is is it for me. Like that was, if I wanted to be on a broader sense, it would be the fact that I chose to work at Surly in February right before all this shit happened, and they've done an incredible job at taking care of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that like 
switching careers was necessarily like my favorite thing. Really what makes me the happiest is putting on a record, like putting on Otis Redding and cooking a meal for my wife is the happiest I will be. I, you can tell me 20,000 other things that I like to do, but putting on a good record and cooking food for my wife to try and show her how much I love her is absolutely my favorite thing on earth. So there, what about you, Charles? I already did mine. <laughs> I was just trying to challenge you. I and my know. answer was recording this podcast with you, Quam. So that's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> You've already forgotten it even. <laughs> I, have, I have actually, I've told more than one person, and I will say this to every single listener out there. Uh, recording this podcast has been the only thing that made me feel normal in 2020. We've had some weird places that we've had to record, but this is the only thing that has made it feel like the year that we might get back to a normal reality. Yeah. There's been, um, some dynamic of socialization that is inherent to what we're doing when we record these podcasts that, uh, at times, I mean, at times it feels as though like this is a task because we're trying to produce content here. This is, it is work, but it's also play. Yep. It's nice when you can have both. That's kind of how, that's how I like to, I think everyone in this room, likes to construct their life in that way where my work is work but in some senses can also be played absolutely and that's the way i look at this as well but there have been times where yeah when we have a scheduled recording where i'm like yes i need this like let's go you know fire up the mics let's plug in let's tune in let's uh sit down with you know an an infinite list of Super fucking cool people. We've had an incredible list of guests this year. It's been, uh, it, yeah, it's been a major blessing. Yeah, and should then we, me. Should we drink to that? And then also Hoffman. <laughs> yeah. Incredible yeah, guests right. and to, me. To incredible <laughs> guests and Hoffman. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers. Big ups to BH. Yeah, if so anything, that's a testament, in fact, to how healing this is. I haven't seen this guy in 10 months, 11 months. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't like to be on the nose a lot about how close we are to particular guests. I love this guy. He was at my wedding. Like, we've been friends for years, and I haven't seen him in a long time. He just got engaged. I wished I could have, like, peeled ass over to his house in my car <laughs> and, like, drove right up onto his lawn with a bottle of champagne. That's it, and man. And yeah. sabered it on his lawn and said, get yes. out here, you fucker. We we nope. couldn't. So nope. it's in that sense, this is the first time I've seen the guy since he's been engaged, and that's fucking cool. Yeah. I, I do love the fact that it's almost like we're going to get Christmas presents in the summer. Like, the fact that we'll still be able to, at some point, celebrate the fact that you guys got engaged. Like, I don't think just because it happened in 2020 doesn't mean that we shouldn't celebrate it in 2021. There are friends like, of ours who've been mar- who, who got married this yeah. year yeah. that just said, you know what, fuck it, we're doing it. Yep. Uh, avid listener of the show, Jeb Singer, yep. and and his lovely wife Eden, and they, maybe the kindest person on the planet. Yes, <laughs> who it, intended to have a really cool big wedding at a brewery and did like the small, safe, cool backyard thing. I I don't care what they have planned; they're having a party, yep. and and I'm going to see to that because mm-hmm. and that that stand, that stands for everybody that we know this year that was planning on um, some sort of a. a a landmark engagement like that's those are things that like let's preserve that let's not forget it 
and I'll remind them if they don't remind me because I, I, I like to be that person. And I want us to, like, as hard as this is, because I know, so earlier I wanted to remark, Kwam, when you said that, um, oh, my, you know, like, ah, my life's so hard because of, uh, like, uh, you were saying that kind of sarcastically. Yeah. Yeah, dude, this is, everyone should feel enabled to um, express that this has been difficult for them. I agree. It's been difficult for all of us on different levels but it's been difficult for everyone so the line starts at zero and we're all in negative form yeah and some of us are negative 100 some of us are negative three but this has been difficult for everybody so with the hopes that we can climb out of this hole we'll all be able to rejoice together in a a spectrum of of different ways once this is over we'll be able to uh heal so hopefully we can we can make up for lost time that that term exists for a reason, and I can't think of any better time than now. That like we need to heal when we get out of uh, the position that we're in. Yep. Absolutely. And I think any and every celebration is a worthy celebration. Like let's celebrate fucking everything because we should, because we know how it feels when it gets taken away. Yeah. yeah. And rather than being bitter about it, I just want to look forward to. To celebrating it. To the good shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Your friends who don't care about their birthdays? Dude, we're having a party, okay, motherfucker? Like, let's have a party. I want to go back to the lifestyle I lived uh, with my my best friend from college. uh, Lived in an apartment in Northeast, uh, just outside of Minneapolis in St. Anthony Village. And uh, we always kept a shitty bottle of, like, Estigianelli in the fridge. We always kept two because we always had to have one. And it was so we could celebrate whatever the fuck we wanted to. Yeah. And so it'd be like, yeah. we had different work schedules. And I'd like, you know, walk into the apartment at 2.30 on a Thursday and be like, I got off work two hours early. And Frank would be like, go to the celebrate. fridge, pop a bottle of champagne. And like, what are we like? <laughs> That's fucking like, brilliant. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm looking forward to that of like, you know, there's a lot of things looking backwards that we didn't celebrate as much as we should have. Yeah. Going forwards, like. Let's celebrate everything more than it should be celebrated. I hope, I hope people who didn't celebrate hard start celebrating hard. Yeah. Me too. Because I love to party. Yeah. You guys know that. My birthday, I make a big fuss about it. You know why? Because I want all of the people I love in the same room at the same time. Or like many of them. It's yeah. not everybody. Mm-hmm. But the thing we used to do, it. there's a indoor patio at Butcher and the Boar. Now defunct, beautiful bar. R.I.P. But it would be like so many people that I love and hold dear in the room at the same time, just drinking whiskey, smoking cigars, slamming beers, laughing, smiling, hugging. Like, I hope that more people behave like me after this because we need reasons to celebrate. We are not here forever. And we need to actively celebrate it, too. Like... I, we have this, I, I think especially in Minnesota, maybe it's just the upper Midwest, we have that stoicism that's like, oh no, like don't get too excited. You know, we only get excited for the really big things. Well, in doing that, who knows if you're going to see the really big things. I want to fucking celebrate everything. So yeah, if it's, I got off work two hours early today, I will celebrate that. And I think we could probably have a whole lot more fun as a society if we chose to celebrate a little bit harder at everything. I'm there. Like, call me. What is the party? Let me know. When this shit's over, if you're like, hey, I 
got laid off, but I hated my job. Okay, let's go. I got. <laughs> I'll get a bottle of champagne. New let's party. coming. So yeah. my my blood is buzzing because I believe I believe you just pulled out a deli cup full of pickled <laughs> fish. I did. I did. <laughs> now there there's a there's a weird. There's a weird we Venn diagram where Scandinavia and like Eastern Europe really overlap on a lot of foods. Absolutely. They do. Uh, do you want to describe what we're doing for the final shot here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, so I'm, I was excited about this. Um, so I, I honestly don't know if this is a traditional Polish thing. Um, but I know this is a my family who is insanely Polish tradition. Um, and so uh, it is on New Year's Eve. Um, you know, New Year's happens. You hug, you kiss, you do all that. And then everyone, uh, you hold a silver coin in one hand. And you have a piece of pickled herring on a cracker in another. Uh, and you eat the pickled herring and then take a shot of Zezhinovka, blackberry brandy. So which you guys drank with Tony Zaccardi. Of course. Um, but specifically, not, not just LaRue blackberry brandy, not the white label. Yellow label, Zezhinovka. It has to look like a good Polish word with like 16 consonants and two yeah. vowels. <laughs> and a couple random accents, marks. It, exactly. That just that, that makes it Polish, right? Um, and so you do that. And so the, uh, the, the pickled herring represents uh, health. Uh, the silver coin represents wealth. And the Zezhinovka represents happiness. So you, you eat the pickled herring, hold the coin, take the shot for health, wealth, and happiness in the new year. This is fucking genius. I love it. I love everything I love about it. this. Yeah. And so I just got to figure out. And I love pickle herring. Yeah. Which is the one thing I'm actually like, kind of scared to admit publicly. I, uh, you, can, you can take it with you. Really? You don't um, like it? I want to like it so much, <laughs> but I don't. Okay. And it's, I, I'm, a, I'm a big texture guy. Oh, my yeah. God. I'm not going to be able to open this. I am confused camera. as to how that even works. There's a, there should be like a clip on the side there. Yeah. I mean, there should be. <laughs> there should be. Oh, there we go. Oh, there it, it is. Oh. Psych. It... <laughs> Wait, so do you like fish? There it is. I love fish. Do you like I pickled things? I love seafood. I love pickled things. Okay, like, like, again, like all of herring, this adds up. I should love pickled herring. Okay. And it's, it's not that I actively dislike it. Okay. It's I'm just like I'm. I'm kind of indifferent to it. I'm that way with um, with like a really rare mid rare scallop. That'll oh, the, the, okay. the texture oh. of that sometimes will get me. Where I actually love the flavor and everything else going on, but it's like I'll I'll have to put something with a a more uh, solid texture with oh, it. There it is. Sometimes <laughs> to make sure that like. I, a okay. St- like okay. a straight up, like, okay, so working at a sushi restaurant, we would do, sometimes we would do scallops as sushi. And as, uh, as sashimi, every now and then, my, my, everything, like the flavor's great. I love everything about it. My, my throat would like. You eat sushi though. Love sushi. So there's just something about a scallop, like it's, how delicate it is. It's specific it is. only to Weirdly a scallop. Soft. Okay, huh. Something about how absolutely creamy and gelatinous it is. It just, it, it, it triggers the gag reflex every now and then. Oh, dude, that smells so good, too. <laughs> so good. All right, so, um, I don't know, like, 
if you guys want to come and grab yeah, let's your let's own let's do that. All right, gonna, all right, hold on. I'm gonna um, hold on. I got I, yeah. I'm gonna bring bring the mic with here. I have these <laughs> these beautiful. <laughs> Uh, my so my my well, Bob, grandmother. You can, leave, you can leave it there, and when you, when you get yours, I can pick up. Yeah. Oh yeah, all right. Yeah. So okay. So yeah, we so have, you go ahead. No, it's just beautiful memories of of so my grandmother. So my dad, uh, I'm Hoffman, as we alluded to earlier. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the rest of my relatives are Pierleskis, Zhukovskis, um, Kolcheks. Uh, just lots of very good, Bring solid Polish things. I mean, come on. We're in the JFK auditorium. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, Meant and so I just all these great Polish memories of traditions, and and so many of them have gone by the wayside. Um, but for some reason, like, this is the one that sticks. Because even when I was a kid, it was like apple juice for me and blackberry brandy for everybody else. And... So my my favorite blackberry brandy story is as you know story from my my mom. Um, so uh, my Polish family is from Chicago, uh, and my uh, my great grandmother, my Busha, um, every Sunday you went to church, and you went to eight o'clock mass, and then when you got back from eight o'clock mass, you took a shot of brandy, like for Love your it. for your health. Of like that was, so she took one shot every day and that was it and it was the one shot after after mass um and uh and everyone had to take a shot of brandy it didn't matter everyone had to unless it was like so like my mom you know oh don your wife she can have sweet brandy sweet sweet brandy and it was blackberry brandy <laughs> and my dad would inevitably take both of them anyway sure um <laughs> but yeah it was just like hey that one shot for your health that's fantastic yeah So yeah, we are uh, we're broadcasting live from the JFK uh, Memorial Auditorium, and uh, he even brought the Kennedy half dollars. Like it could not be more yes. on brand. Okay, wait. Is it the? Is there a hand? It has to be in. I mean, it, it really doesn't matter as long as you're holding the coin. Okay, coin you don't one have fist. To do. Yeah, I mean, yep. as long as the coin stays in your hand as you eat and drink. You're good to go. Excellent. So, hey, cheers to health, uh, wealth, and happiness. Nazdrovia? What is it? What's Nazdrovia? Nazdrovia. 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 Man, I haven't had pickled herring on a cracker in a long time. It's so good. Mm. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. I did think about that on the way over here. I was like, this is probably getting the best, like, 10 seconds of podcast ever of just the three of us chewing. <laughs> just chewing right into a microphone? She backed away from the mic after we started. I was no, like, I leaned in. I was like, I want to get that on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to fuck with me because I got misophonia, huh? A little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I listen to I was that. trying to rhythmically chew. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Holy shit. That's fantastic. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I love pickled herring. I haven't had it in couple years probably i don't think i ever would have thought how well the sweetness of blackberry brandy pairs with that briny fishy pickly fishy mm-hmm. side but yeah. holy shit that totally works yeah it shouldn't yeah yeah <laughs> but oh they probably weren't even trying to balance they're just like what no, yeah like this is what we have yeah. covered <laughs> exactly this is what made it through that rough winter well <clears throat> well going back to you know charles we, when you were talking like about nine bonus shots yeah <laughs> going back to when you were talking about how close the two of you are and yet how long it's been since you've seen each other. 
Um, you and I have also walked a very, very eerily similar path. So your brewery is Fulton, which is named for the neighborhood in South Minneapolis, correct? Yep, named after Robert Fulton, uh, who commercialized the use of a steam engine in riverboats. There you go. And built one of the world's first submarines. Well, there we are. Yep. And I, uh, I also grew up in that neighborhood. So when the brewery first opened, I loved being able to sell that because I would just tell everybody about my childhood growing up adjacent to the Fulton neighborhood. Then, uh, see, where did you go to high school? St. Bernard's. Mm, okay, so that's the one skip out that we, we f- fall apart <laughs> on. But then, where did you go to college? St. John's University. Uh, where I also went. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been interesting that it, it took us well into adult life to actually end up hanging out and being friends, even though yep. we were so geographically close for so long. But uh, a few years apart when you're a kid definitely changes the, the social strata. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, since 2020 has been tough for a lot of people, and this is going to be coming out on New Year's Eve day, is there a story that you can think of perhaps from college or from growing up or from that neighborhood uh, when you were younger? Is there anything that is immediately funny to you? Like when you think back at St. John's, is there a story that pops out that makes you giggle every time you think about it? Oh man. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So it, it, can this be a two part story? Ab- absolutely. I okay. hope it is. So, um, uh, at St. John's University, on every floor, there are FRs and RAs, right? Faculty, residents, and what's that? I don't even know. Resident advisor. Resident advisor. There we go. So yep. you, get, you get a student who's a year older watching yep. over you, and then you get a monk Correct. living on the floor. Absolutely. Yep. So my sophomore year, I lived on Bonnie Four, uh, and my FR was Brother Paul Richards, who was at the time the sub-prior at St. John's, which means basically third or fourth in line to become the leader of the monastery at yep. St. John's. And he was also the leader of the St. John's Boyne Choir. Uh, and, you know, moved in, sophomore year, didn't know anything about him. Um, floor meeting, like, before school started, and the two RAs showed up in the room and it was supposed to start at let's just say seven o'clock and seven oh five he's not there you know seven ten we're all like all right and then the RAs start talking about you know what an asshole he is and and all this and that and yeah I mean I don't know I'm not surprised he didn't show up he's a fucking prick you know whatever <laughs> okay and so then that's it we don't see much of him he's a busy guy his standing and what he does and homecoming comes around at St. John's and football games going on. Halftime, I ran back to the room to grab something. There was a couple of alumni that were walking the halls, uh, reminiscing. I ended up in the study lounge, uh, taking shots of whiskey with them, when Life Safety, which is campus police for St. John's, comes by, and I get written up. (laughs) So my punishment is I have to go do work in the monastery uh, with Brother Paul. And he's, he's kind of cold, you know, and, like, not, doesn't say a lot. Oh, we're going to go do this. Let me go do it. And I just, like, moved some storage from him. I had to row out in a canoe and pull the, the swimming dock for the, the monk's private beach back in, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And we got done, and we're like, all right, well, is that it? And he went, well, gentlemen, 
I think this was a success all the way around. What do you mean? Well, you guys got drunk, the alumni got hosted, and I got my shit moved. (laughs) 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 Hold on, what? (laughs) Okay, okay. So it turns out he's the nicest, raddest, coolest fucking dude ever. So we actually get to know him. I mean, like, Christmas, we get him a bottle of vodka because we know he likes to drink vodka. (laughs) Um, And so there was a group of about six of us that um, after we, you know, moved down, we all lived off campus, and we still would get together with them twice a year for for basically for Thanksgiving and Christmas to do a big meal. And so it was like eight to ten of us every time. Um, My senior year, we had him move the driftwood twice. Um, And... And the first time we did it was in a room on St. John's campus. So, like, in a, a, a St. John's University room. Yep. Like, we made a Thanksgiving dinner, and we're all sitting around the table. We finished eating, telling stories. And Brother Paul goes, well, who brought a pack of cigarettes? Like, well, what? And he's like, who has cigarettes? I do, Brother Paul. Why? And he's like, I, you have enough for everybody? Yeah, I actually do. Why? Adult snacks. He's like, all right, well, everyone have a cigarette. I'm like, <laughs> like in, in here, right? Like, in this fucking building? Yeah. <laughs> like, right now? And like, yeah. I was like, all right. Start kind of passing him out, like, wondering what the fuck's going to happen next. And uh, uh, one of one of the kids there was, was a wrestler, and he, he didn't smoke. You know, he chewed a tin a day. But yeah. like, no, I don't smoke. And he just kept pushing back and pushing back. And his brother Paul was like, come on, Tim, just have a fucking cigarette. You know, you have a really good meal, you have a cigarette after, that's what you do. He's like, I don't smoke either, but a really good meal, you have a fucking cigarette. Tim's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, well, brother Paul, doesn't the the Bible say your body's a temple? And he literally leaned way back in his chair and went, ah, Jesus fucking Christ, Timmy, don't quote the fucking Bible with me. <laughs> we're like, oh my god! My guess was going to be that he said it's full of incense. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. And it was like, all right, and then we all had a cigarette. Oh, okay. <laughs> Everybody Even <Tim>. take a smoke. <laughs> oh, yep. That's fucking beautiful. Yep. It's, it's one of my yeah. It's it reminds me a lot of the school. Like I, you have great like you know had great relationships. The 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 monks and priests and over there were just some of the most interesting, wonderful human beings. Absolutely, so like to get to know them a little bit over a course of a couple of years was a was a great thing. But uh, man, they were they were insightful and just funny as fuck. Dude, that's that's such a riot. I love everything about that. <laughs> and, uh, for my for my fortieth birthday. Um, a bunch, uh, a bunch of couples that we're friends with, we all rented a, a chateau in France and and flew there and and drank a bunch of wine, and ate a bunch of food. And the guy that owned the chateau uh, does private wine tastings. If you care to pay him for it, takes you through his cellar. Has like nine thousand bottles. It's the most amazing, technologically, the most amazing cellar I've ever seen. Um, it sits on top of an underground stream. And then he uh, he floods it twice a year to keep the humidity up, and then it's temperature controlled in every room by tenths of the degree. It's insane. And so we went for the most baller package of like the really old crazy shit. We were getting done, and there was a, a seventy six sauterne was the last thing, and he was going to bring out this cheese course, 
from literally like the local cheesemonger in the village nearby. And he, he looks up and in everything on the lease, on every page, there's something about smoking is not allowed. Do not smoke. You know, if you, if we find you smoking, we'll charge you $10,000. And cause they, I'm, I'm assuming because they don't want a fucking 500 year old castle to burn down. Yep. So <laughs> we, we've had, we're already just heady buzzed on these insane wines and he looks up and he goes, um, would anybody like to smoke? And we all were just like, what? He's like, uh, would anyone want to have a cigarette with, uh, with me? And we're all like, is this, a, is this a trick question? Because you kept saying, like, don't smoke, don't smoke, don't smoke. Like, what, what is this? And he goes, well, um, I'm not uh, a huge fan of cigarettes, but I always smoke before I have cheese. And I was like, that's the most French sentence that's ever yeah. been spoken. I don't smoke except before I eat cheese, which is every fucking day. So he literally took half of our group outside. They went outside, had a cigarette quick to then come back in and crush this like 1976 Sauternes sure. with the most insane oh, yeah. cheeses ever. No, you can't taste a 76 Sauternes and some fucking yeah. like $90 per pound cheese unless you smoke a cigarette. <laughs> unless, you have, unless you have a store-bought camel cigarette. <laughs> but it was like the, just the sheer audacity of the question alone was so beautiful. And then it was just like as, as dismissive as a white woman in a, like a Costco parking lot. He's like, <laughs> I always smoke before I have cheese. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, of course you do. Because you get to say shit like that with an accent like that. Like, that, that fits. So I agree with, with, <laughs> with the brother's assessment. Yep. Hey, uh, Charles, <laughs> college time for you. Hilarious story. I have, I have a lot of funny stories from my experiences <laughs> with my college pals. I, I don't want to tell the breadth of the story because it would be braggadocious, so I will do it almost like an outline. Boo! Yeah. Braggadocious! <laughs> no, it's... So, I okay, I once caught my professor uh, pouring Jack Daniels into his coffee, and I was like, ha Because we used to have one of those shitty uh, vending machines that would distribute the worst coffee on earth yeah. mm-hmm. and I'd get him a coffee sometimes and I could smell sometimes I could smell I was very highly attuned to Jack Daniels in those days believe me and I was like this motherfucker's drink and I accused him one day and he's like nah man but like two months later I saw him open his drawer and there's a fifth of Jack and I was like <laughs> gotcha so he used to give me a little bit of for old Jack Daniels in my coffee cup when I'd bring him his coffee cup legit mm-hmm so, <laughs> seriously, I don't, I don't want to be braggadocious about this story because it has to do with, like, the multitudes of alcohol I can drink. But what happened was we were going on a field trip to the state fair, and I told my professor I would drink a bottle of Jack Daniels before we went. I said, can we drink? Can we drink? And him looking at me, knowing we had the screen, and he was like, yeah, sure, yeah, you can drink. And I was like, can we drink? like beforehand he was like yeah for sure I said I'm gonna drink a bottle of Jack before we go to the state fair and he said no you're not I said yeah I am I was like are you saying I can't or I won't and he said you won't and I said I'm telling you I will so <laughs> my little brother JP who's been on the program before gave me a ride to school that day I went to his house I was in his basement chugging Jack Daniels in the basement 
because I wanted to prove a point. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. I drank the whole bottle of fucking Jack. I drank the rest of it in the car, in my friend Shannon's car on the way to the state fair. It was a 750. It wasn't a liter. <laughs> right. I drank the rest of it. It was like 8.30 in the morning. Oh. At the fair, here are the things that happened. I yelled at BattleBots. As you do. Because yep. they did the BattleBots yep. thing there. I yelled at them because yep. they were underperforming. I beat my professor in air hockey. We've talked about how good yes. I am at air hockey. I beat him three times in a row. <laughs> I won the milk drinking competition, which is the oh. worst idea oh, imaginable. Oh, my I hung God. my head out no, my no, buddy no, John no. Moe's window with a bucket of fries in my lap on the way home. And then uh, I had a barbecue at my house. <laughs> that was like a, yeah, that was a Hallmark day for fucking 20-year-old Charles. fucking insane. Ties it off, nice little ribbon there, doesn't it? Yeah, I got no blue ribbons. Don't, yeah. <laughs> I got no, there is no ribbon for that fucking chicanery. What a dickhead. But that was, that was a fun day. Oh, yeah, oh, hold on. I forgot the, <laughs> the coup de grace. We went to a skate shop. I shouldn't even say this. Yes, we you should. We went to a skate shop at the fair, and a guy got real mad at me. I was drunk. <laughs> and uh, I don't remember exactly what happened, but he said to me, are you drunk or an asshole? And I yelled at him, both! <laughs> <laughs> Which is the only response that yeah. that question should get. Yeah. I was 20. So everyone, okay, let's be clear. I was 20. Oh, that's fucking amazing. Yep. <laughs> but I always remember that line because the guy says to me, are you drunk or an asshole? Oh, I love that. And I was like, well, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Always one or the other, but oh, usually both. Oh, I, I, I guess for college stories. Mm-hmm. I, sent you, I sent you that question yesterday thinking yeah. that I had a story. And it was going to be. No, uh, you didn't. You sent me a, you sent me a different question. You said You're right. two different questions, and we talked about it. I didn't know if that was going to be the question. So I had, I had a story that I, mm. the, literally it was going to be uh, my friend Tim Schmidt, who is killing it. He lives in Florida. He's honestly, I'm, I'm kind of in awe of what he's done with his life. He uh, was one of, the, we were both smart kids that were bored, so we'd fuck off because we, we knew we'd pass every test. So Tim had been in a car accident the morning of the college entrance exams and he had a pretty severe concussion and so he completely failed the Spanish test but he's fluent in Spanish and so they put him in Spanish one and he was like okay well I'm honestly just going to take the easy A because why the fuck not Okay. so I also was lucky enough that I had had uh, Spanish since I was in second grade in, in my elementary school so I also should be able to test out, but because I hadn't taken any Spanish classes in high school, they put me in Spanish one too. So Tim and I, it was a 9.40 a.m. class, and Tim and I would just fuck around, and we decided that we were both going to drink a 40 before class. And Tim, <laughs> Tim got called on, and, and uh, basically, we, I mean, we chugged them. Like, we literally bought them at 9 a.m., and they were gone by the time we got to class. Mm-hmm. And all the alcohol hit right when the teacher had called on him to read a paragraph. And so he's, like, stuttering his way through it. And he ended up having to do, like, remedial classes with her after school because he couldn't admit that, I'm sorry, I'm fucking this up because I'm drunk. And I'm in this class because I was in a car accident. And so 
I watched him go three straight remedial classes, and the teacher thought that she was like the greatest professor ever because she had taken he, the, he this, so quickly. <laughs> exactly because she had oh, taken shit. this wayward student and basically made him fluent in Spanish in a week. So that that was I what can't I wanted wait to for t- my wife to shake her head at the story. <laughs> exactly, oh, my wife is a Spanish teacher. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I, that was that was what I wanted to talk about. But then literally last night. Um, uh, 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 we were, I was in the car with my wife and Ramble On by Led Zeppelin came on mm-hmm. and it triggered my, uh, my junior year in college um, we every Tuesday from February on that year we did 40 Tuesdays at Green Acres and we would call the radio station one at a time and everybody at the party would call and request Ramble On by Led Zeppelin for everybody at Green Acres and then we would drink a 40 or two forties. And then we would come up with some sort of a competition. And usually it involved being in the backyard and burning stuff. Cause we love to burn things at St. John's mm-hmm. and, uh, our friend, uh, Nate, uh, AKA Biggie was the nighttime assistant manager at Gary's pizza. Mm-hmm. And so there was a seven foot tall stack of pizza boxes because he would always bring a pizza home and we would obviously devour it of course so we were trying to come up with a legacy that we could leave st john's and what we came up with was the co-ed butt naked flaming pizza box rally of well i guess that would have been 99 yeah of 99 and so you had to have a male and a female so it wasn't going to be all dudes with their dicks out and it wasn't going to be teams of girls it had to be a male and a female and everybody, literally, everybody got naked. And <laughs> that's the best, sorry, that's the best naked sound effect. Everyone got ever. naked? <laughs> and then you took a grease-soaked pizza box and you would light it on the bonfire. And then we had a hose going, because there's a hill in the backyard of Green Acres. Yep. We had a hose going. And you would run and slide down the wet hill. And then you had to run down the two trees, around the two trees at the far end of the the backyard, get back up, and then you had to pass the lit flaming pizza box onto your partner, who then had to do the same thing and get back up. How many laps can you do before the pizza box burns your hand? Exactly. And you have to drop it. And go glorious. And so it's a whole group of friends who individuals have seen other individuals naked but we had never we had never all been naked before so you're looking at literally 22 people standing in a backyard all completely butt naked taking turns lighting pizza boxes on fire and by the way the faster you run the faster it burns and also the faster the flames fly back at you mm-hmm. so you had to find a happy medium in your speed because if you went too fast, you would actually burn the upper area of your arm unless you held it straight up, but then people would drop it because the, it would tilt backwards and the flames would hit your wrist. So you you go fast, but you couldn't go too fast. And the, 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 the thing that killed me, um, two of my friends, Mark and Bethany, who are now married with multiple children, and they're awesome. Like, there's only one shower in that house. So while we did the whole thing, that was one thing. But then afterwards, everybody is freezing cold, covered in mud, and naked. And nobody wanted to put clothes back on until you could wash off. So we just turned the shower on hot, and everybody was just taking turns. (laughs) And 
I, I want to say it was Bethany. It could have been Mark. I'm not entirely sure. I was next in line to get, like, basically the couples were just jumping in the shower mm-hmm. and showering off and then getting back out. At that time, only probably a third of us were, like, romantically involved. It was literally just, let's try and get through this as fast as we can. And I just remember <laughs> there in the shower, they had just gotten in the shower, and I just hear a thud, and Mark just goes, holy shit, is that a divot? <laughs> because, like, butt cheeks would grab up, like, an entire chunk of ground when the hill bottomed out. <laughs> Everybody was so cold. You couldn't tell that you had a giant clump of grass and dirt in your ass. And now, like, looking at... So, I literally just saw... I heard ramble on on the radio, and I took a picture of the display, and I posted it, and I was like, did somebody call in this request? Hashtag 40 Tuesday. And... One of, my, one of our friends who was in it was like, I actually just taught my kids that game. <laughs> and then the post below it was, not naked, of course. Ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, well, yeah. I love the fact that, like, everybody that was there all went on to do, like, cool shit with their life and have good jobs and all that shit. But literally, we, we would look forward to a Tuesday because we were going to listen to Ramble On on the radio, drink a 40, and then light pizza boxes on fire whilst standing around naked, <laughs> just tra- trading it around. So to everybody that participated in the Green Acres co-ed butt naked slip and slide <laughs> flaming pizza box challenge, I love you guys. <laughs> that's, that's, a beautiful, that's a beautiful story, but a tear to my eye. Might someday be Olympic sport. Yeah. I mean... I'll tell you what, it's, uh, if, if curling was naked and involved scale. fire, a lot more yeah. people would watch it. It's, uh, it's the, the only place in my life I've ever uh, received a minor. was Green Acres uh, about two years after that. Yeah. Yeah. So that would have been, yeah, we, that was the last year that, that they could have you parties there, right? you got to throw your ID in a dryer with your little brother. We talked about this in episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Seven or yes. Seven, eight. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So I stuffed JP into a dryer. <laughs> that something about the split campuses for St. John's and St. Ben's it creates another level of mayhem because there's just I don't see it at I, I never saw it at St. Ben's but you just can't have that many dudes at that age. And not expect insane shit to happen. You know? Like, yeah, there, there's... There's no voice of reason. There's absolutely no voice of reason. Yeah. Yeah. I think men of that age, if they congregate, will, will do dumb shit. Yep. <laughs> Correct. It's not really a matter of whether they're split up or all on the same campus, staying in dorms. doesn't really matter. It's, it's just a bad idea. Yeah. Fresh, freshman year, for me at St. John's was the year that WCW, it was the last year of WCW beating WWF at the time Raw. Yeah, Nitro. Yeah, so prevailing. And um, we had convinced Brother Willie's Pub to let us watch uh, Monday Nitro. Oh, you had Nitro parties? Yeah, we had Nitro parties. I would never have done this podcast with you if I didn't think you were (laughs) (laughs) rocking. 
Honestly, I was more. I I really didn't I give did a wa- shit. I watched both, but I hated Nitro. I, I watched didn't, it to make fun of it. I love. It was <laughs> Kevin Nash, man. Like he, the Big Sexy, was the shit. That's right. Um, he came from WWF. So. And uh, we also had a different. <laughs> yeah. Diesel. So we had it. a we had a different we had a different father Paul that was RRA that was on. Um, oh shit, uh, Tommy Two, and uh, we uh, so we went we watched and um, that was when I think when Brett Brett Hart went to WCW for a little bit, right? Is this new? Yeah, I haven't. We should. By the way, we should talk about this. Oh yeah, this is incredible. This, uh, this Fulton chocolate oatmeal milk stuff. I've never seen this bottle. I love it. I love the aesthetic of it, and uh, I've never seen this before. And it's fucking spectacular. Let's fucking go. Thank you. Yeah, this is. Uh, it's a. It's a six pack uh, bottle release for us out right now, and um, we we gave it a, a quick uh, test out in a mix pack about nine months ago. Um, and we're like, hey, that's pretty good. Let's make that again. Yeah. Let's get this on the mic. Here we are. Yeah. Dude, it's, uh, this is spectacular. So if I remember yeah. right, Bret Hart went over to WCW for a little while. He did. That was after the Montreal screw job yep. when he spit yes. in so man's face. He won whatever match he was in that night. He won with a sharpshooter. Mm. And, um, <laughs> and so we were all walking back, and everybody's high-fiving. And uh, Tim Schmidt from my earlier story was was there, and uh, Kevin Conan was there, and there were a couple other that. guys. And Father Paul liked to uh, he liked to imbibe, and mm-hmm. you always knew that he was good and toasty because he'd walk down the hall with his shoulder into the wall, and would just like <laughs> hit the doors as he went. Like you could literally sitting yep. in your dorm room, you could hear him when he'd come by. Yep. He was like. <laughs> <laughs> And he was he was doing a wall walk, and he's like, "Where where are you guys coming from?" And we're like, "Nitro Mondays, dude! It was insane, <laughs> yeah, bro! Fucking Bret Hart totally killed him. Was it? He won like, his only match in WCW." And he's like, "You know, the wrestling's fake." Whoa! And, what the fuck? Yeah. And we all like literally, we all laughed, but but that's what Kevin did. So Kevin was the he was the goalie on our soccer Brother team. Brother Paul, how to put him in a sharpshooter? He was roughly your size, so very tall individual, <laughs> clearly like athletic. Okay. And he he did not find that funny at all. Like we were laughing, and he's yeah. like, "Are you serious right now? Are you you you're saying that to us?" He's like, "Yeah, man, it's wrestling. Like it's all fake." He's like, "I will put you in the figure four leg lock, and you will tap out." And he's like, whatever. Okay. And so we're all like, do it. No. Wait, did he it. invite him to do it? Like, go and ahead. he straight up fucking put him in the figure four. Wait, he put him in a figure four. Okay. And the monk tapped the fuck out. It was <laughs> not. It was not like a funny sound that came wow. out of him. It Let was me grab like my notepad to write monk tapper down as a beer name. <laughs> yes. <real quick>. Yes. <laughs> Band name dibs. You know, uh, you know, you know the struggle. Huh? He like the sound that came out of. I mean, a sixty-year-old monk, monk was so awkward and frightening. Like we all, and he was just slapping the wall. He's like, I give, I give, I give, I give, I give. <laughs> and you know, Kevin had had a few, so he was celebrating. Was he slapping the mat like Ric Flair? <laughs> <laughs> but I was like. And, you know, he just basically didn't say a word to us. He just got up and went into his room and slammed the door shut. And we were all just Damn. like, oh, shit. And Tim just goes, dude, you just got a monk to tap out, man. God couldn't even save him. <laughs> I was like, that's the shit right there. 
I gotta say though, this uh, Fulton chocolate oatmeal milk stout. This is not real pandering. This is fucking awesome. This <laughs> yeah. is like uh, this is what I remember chocolate oatmeal milk stouts to taste like. This is fucking great. To be both creamy and dry is wild for me. I give Scott speaking to me. He says beer. <laughs> yep. Yeah, dude. Exactly. I agree with you. I will. I will give a forever shout out to uh, our head brewer uh, and um, um, a man we made an, an owner of the brewery in a number of years back, Mike Salo. What? Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't that, know that. Yeah, yeah. That that dude is a wizard um, with beer. I know and, Mikey. And but I didn't know that. One of one of the reasons he worked so well with with Fulton worked with us, and we wanted to make him a part of the team more so than he already was. Of course, um, is he. Um, if the beer is not dried out properly, uh, he is not a fan of it. Like the first iteration we ever made of 300 that we were all like, oh, my God, Mikey, this is awesome. He's like, I'm so fucking pissed. It sucks. <laughs> just like, he's like, hey, man, just, this is really good. Yeah. He's like, it's going to be better. I'm like, I okay, get that. Yeah, yeah. It's great. But like, yeah. that's, this is really good, right? He's like, no. Nah. That's fucking <laughs> like he, he's, he's He's one of those guys that he Super is. Super cool. Super cool, wonderful person. I met him as a friend of a friend many years ago when he was just beginning to brew, uh, like, on a professional basis. And, you know, I'm not going to say, like, I could tell at the time he was going to. But it's, uh, what I will say is it was really great to see him uh, arrive. And his arrival was when he became the head brewer at Fulton. And he clearly is... uh, he knows what he's doing. It's all about consistency and quality. Yeah. Immense amount yeah, of knowledge. Very cool. Um, and, and attention to detail. And that's just and a good dude. Like, and yeah. a good dude. And that's important. Yeah. yeah. You got to sprinkle that in there, too. Fuck okay, yeah, yeah, man. We need every, more. Every year he goes in a snowboarding trip with his friends. Maybe we get Mikey in and, here, uh, too, sometime. And you totally should. Yeah. Every year he goes on a snowboarding trip and sends us a picture of him upside down uh, with all of his buddies. And he <laughs> just... Uh, I'm like, dude, don't break your arm, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need the arms, just the arms. Yeah. Don't Whenever... your, doink your head if you want. <laughs> just preserve the arms. Preserve the arms. <laughs> it's like that Spanish test. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just preserve the arms. Yeah. yeah. I, always, I always ask people that when they go traveling. Like, what, what do you want? I want a picture of you doing something that I would think is cool. And hearing and seeing what people interpret that as is like my favorite shit ever. Hmm. Because it's almost always food, but every now and then it's, like, some insane shit. Like, my buddy Joe climbed to the top of a mountain and took a selfie and sent it to me. And it looks like he's literally standing on air. And that's fucking cool. But I'd rather have that than a bottle opener or a koozie or any shit And you've called him Jaffy from now on. exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. Well, gentlemen. That beer was so good, my headphones Mm. fell off. Did you chug it? No, I just finished it. <laughs> yeah. You opened, it. you opened that a, a little bit ago. But yeah. This one's, this one's been open for I think it's better though. publicity if we said he chugged it. <laughs> he, totally, he totally chugged it. I didn't chug the one called Chug, and then I chugged the other one. Um, all right, so for people who are interested in all of the wares that Fulton produces, where do they find you slash your brewery? Sure. So the brewery is uh, Fulton Beer on all of the things, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, I'm Brian Hoffman on Facebook, and I think I'm 
BM Hoffman 14 on Instagram. That sounds right. Sounds right. Yeah. I think I'm like <laughs> B Hoffy something on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, um, if somebody, you're about check, check out Fulton. Though, if somebody's sure. unfamiliar with your brewery, how would you suggest they start into your beers? Um, yeah, you should come down to our tap room. Uh, we uh, once we're able to be open and operating again, like like all the other uh, beautiful uh, businesses that aren't able to right now. Um, we're down in the North Loop neighborhood. We're a block and a half away from the Twin Stadium. Um, our beer is all about making um, really mostly classic styles extraordinarily well. And we, uh, we think we do a good job of that. Hell yeah. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> well, like I said, uh, it's just great to see you. It's nice to be in the same room as you. Likewise. Uh, it's fucking fantastic to get to drink some of these beers. Uh, personal fave, like 300 has, since it came out, has been my shit. But I'm not going to lie to you, man. This chocolate oatmeal milk stout is, that's, that might be the new fave, man. Uh, Chill City Chugger, also incredible. But uh, I'm, I'm swooning over this milk stout a little bit. Uh, Charles, how do, uh, how do people find you on them internets? Uh, my go-to is Instagram. It came from the sea. Love it. Uh, I am either Quamunist or the underscore Quamunist on various platforms. You can find me. He makes uh, you guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he makes it fun. Yep. <laughs> am I going to put the article on there? Or you no? got to want it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously go back and listen to other episodes. Uh, happy fucking New Year, everybody. Yeah. Uh, I know we try to not date things, but the end of 2020 is worth celebrating. Because this fucking Even year, technically, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. Be clear. But I'm all for we metaphorical. Gotta, we got work to do. Endings and changes. Yeah. So, and like, hey, you know what? Let's say, let's let us take the time to enjoy the things that are going well. Uh, if, if we're in the position to do that, let's celebrate the new year. Absolutely. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're having a hard time right now, like, let's look forward to better times ahead. Let's hope that things, you know, that we're turning a new leaf. Never mind what the calendar says. Let's hope that things are going to turn around next year. And there is, there is some light. There's some light based on, you know, the way things are going with um, health care and, and the vaccine right now. Let's hope that we will, just like we spoke about earlier in this podcast, let's hope we're going to make up for lost ground, not just celebrating birthdays and shit like that, yep. the menial stuff, the, the formalities. Let's hope that we're going to make up for lost time with earnings and proliferation and, and good health and community. That's, that's the important stuff. I'm going to hug so many of you fuckers. So many hugs. Oh, so many hugs. I'm going to get yeah. arms attached to my arms. Yep. Oh, God, watch out. It's going to be weird. Do not come too close. Wait, no, actually, come, <laughs> yeah, I, come especially close. <laughs> Otherwise, I will poke you in the eye because I won't have control. <laughs> uh, Brian, happiest of New Year's to you and your fiancé. Uh, I'm, so I'm so glad that we, we, got to, <laughs> we got to bug you into telling your story. Please randomly oh. FaceTime us soon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and shit, Charles, thanks for one hell of a fucking year, man. I'm so glad we did this. I'm so yes, glad sir. you had this idea. Agreed. Uh, yes. This one's all to you, man. No, this is... Woo! This is, this, this is us. No, don't do that. No, I hate accolades. <laughs> no, man, this is cool. We, we've had a lot of fun this year, and 
we're gonna have more fun and we're gonna we're gonna scale this motherfucker up because what we're doing here and it's so cool we can do what we're doing right now in this big empty cavernous theater because it's so much safer than a more enclosed space but we had all these wonderful concepts and thoughts and ideas that were not far-fetched when we started doing this regarding live pods and like being at a bar and like setting the mic on the bar and inviting people up to speak with us and we genuinely truly dream of lust for hope for those experiences where we can be around you guys who listen to this and and have those uh mutual experiences together so you're not just experiencing this as though it's a uh, conversation in a bar of people that you consider to be friends or friendly with, but that you could potentially be with us in the same fucking bar. Yep. We're, we're very much looking forward to the possibility of that in, in the spring or, or summer of 2021. If you guys have uh, a little bit of time or a couple minutes, please throw us a review, throw us a rating. That kind of shit also helps us get the podcast out to more people. Throw it on your stories, yeah. stuff like that. Like if you listen to the episode, answer a question, like answer it on your stories. We don't, we haven't been asking for stuff like that because we like to be real low key and we're performing really well. But dude, like if, if you answered one of the questions on today's episode, like the college question, throw it up on your stories and tag us. We will, we'll repost you. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, so until we can all be together, uh, we're happy that we're in your ears. And thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next year. <laughs> Dad joke. Uh, thank you guys. And uh, yeah, here's to bigger and better and brighter things coming up. This has been Libations for Everyone. I'm Ben Quam. Be happy, be healthy. And I'm we'll Charles see you soon. Obama. Cheers. <laughs>